The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Yo, 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 what up? This is Rocky Asuka Romero of Chaos, and you are listening to Keeping It Strong Style, the ace of podcasts. Yo, this is Rich Ladder from One Nation Radio. This is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. We present to you the Ace of Podcasts, keeping it strong style. Let's go. It's the Ace of Podcasts, keeping it strong style. Covering New Japan, they ready to hold it down. Jeremy Donovan and the young boy Josh. Come and hit a job out in Burial the Frost. From Tokyo Dome over to the G1. Social Suplex is a network where we can get it done. I'm a chiller. And let them have it Cause this is just an intro Keeping the strong style Six stars from the get go Boy Yeah from Tampa Bay To the Tokyo Dome This is Keeping It Strong Style With your host Jeremy Donovan And the young boy Joshua Smith And thank you for listening Welcome to Keeping It Strong Style, the ace of podcasts on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Jeremy Donovan here, alongside the young boy, Josh Smith. On today's show, we'll be reviewing the highlights from Road to Wrestling Dantaku uh, from April 23rd, April 24th, and April 27th. Also, Wrestling Hainu Kuni from April 29th. We'll also be naming the April Wrestler of the Month and Match of the Month as well as covering all the latest news in the world of New Japan Pro Wrestling. You can support our show and network by subscribing on the podcast app of your choice and leaving a rating and review. You can also get all the podcasts and columns at socialsuplex.com. Go to socialsuplex.com forward slash subscribe to sign up and get the podcasts and columns delivered directly to your email inbox. And as usual, I want to give a shout out to PureRezuRoad.com, who's featuring Keeping It Strong Style and a bunch of other great uh, Pure Rezu content right now on their front page. There's a great column talking about best of the Super Juniors and kind of giving a little background and history of that tournament, which is coming up in this month of May. So check out PureRezuRoad.com. Young boy, how you doing? I am doing fantastic. It's my favorite day of the week. Um, I think when we started this show, we were always like kind of not sure when we were going to record, but it just happens to work out a lot of the time that Mondays are the best day because it's, you know, the day before we drop our show, all the latest news is caught up by that point. And yes, I mean, I, I, you know, I, there used to be a time where I was a fan of another wrestling company. (laughs) And I used to dread Mondays, and I knew I was going to come home and watch some bullcrap, but now I get to talk about my favorite, uh, you know, wrestling company in the world, and uh, yeah, I'm super excited. I, I'm i excited for this show. I think uh, we got some good stuff to talk about, and uh, let's get it popping, dog. Yeah, so we're going to start off. We have uh, Road to Wrestling Dontaku. There were three of them last week. I was like, I was like, uh, there's more than that. <laughs> but yeah, just, last just, week. Just last week. week, yeah. Uh, April 23rd was the first show. 
Um, so yeah, we're not gonna go over every single match on the, these Raw Two shows, as we mentioned really? last week. Or you want to? No. <laughs> yeah, I wanna I wanna painstakingly <laughs> detail every single one of these uh, freaking uh, Rapongi 3K versus, versus Lij yeah, matches. You My mean Suzuki Suzuki Goon? Oh yeah, Suzuki Goon. Yeah, we Yo, mentioned that's last week. I wish I would freaking <laughs> say it right. I'm like, God. all right, carry on. Yeah, we mentioned last week that you know a lot of these matches were matches just a repeat that have happened throughout the tour. So we're just gonna go kind of go over some of the highlights from these Road Two shows. Um, so yeah, starting off with April 23rd. I think this was worth mentioning. Uh, the first match of the night was Yuya Moore against Suji. Yeah. So, you know, both of these are the new young lions. And man, these young, you know, a lot of people who are new to New Japan or, you know, kind of like pop in and pop out might not really appreciate these young boy matches. But dude, these are good, solid wrestling matches that utilize the basics of professional wrestling and it, it's so good I mean some really crisp action and both of these guys these are two of the newer young boys and it was a pretty decent match so yeah the deal here was that these guys were first announced uh, and they will be wrestling again but it was announced that they were gonna wrestle for the time at the next uh, um, Lionsgate project but due to Yagi getting injured, some of the cards had to shuffle around, and so they kind of uh, gave us this match, this matchup first at Cork and Hall. So we got you. So uh, apologies, everybody. We were calling uh, this young boy uh, Yuya. Um, we were calling him Yumora, but it's Yuyamora apparently. Yeah. So uh, Yuyamora against Suji, and these guys had. What I would say is like a really, really good debut match against one another. Um, I'm going to assume that based on some of the commentary and things like that, that these guys have actually become pretty familiar with one another because they, they tended to have a better match with each other, both being very green. Right, they had a lot of chemistry. Yeah, and so I'm assuming they probably worked quite a bit in the dojo with one another versus maybe some of the other young lions who, not that they've had bad matches with the other guys, but this this was the best outing from both guys that I've seen. And already, just getting a couple weeks of like in-ring work, you can actually see like literal improvements with these guys. Yeah, it's crazy to see like this, this dojo system. They just get these young boys in, they crank them out, and they get better and better every time you see them. Yeah, so, I mean, I thought that this was uh, very interesting because, um, and I'm forgetting, which one is Yuyamura? Yuyamura is the uh, the smaller guy, but more built. Uh, I thought it was. I thought he was the bigger guy. I'll look it up real quick. Yeah, you know, still getting familiar with these uh, new young boys. Well, well, the thing is, like, they both have similar looks. Yeah. So that's why, like, I keep like getting that. I know, like, the difference. Actually, I, I think I think uh, Suji is a bigger one. Actually. That's what I was saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah, Suji is a bigger one. So one thing I picked up on this, I don't know if you you noticed, but like, th- they told a, a really good story where like. Uh, and I'd kind of alluded to this that Yuyamura was kind of the more technical of the two, and Suji was like the bigger, like more, you know, kind of bumbling, but more of like a striker. And you kind of saw that story here that in the early stretches, like Yuyamura tended to be the more technical of the two and and do better in the like grappling exchanges. But then the size started to like come into play, and he had trouble with Suji as like the match continued. I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah, I did notice that. Yeah. 
And so pretty much, I mean, Suji, I mean, he was using his size um, kind of earlier on in the match. Uh-huh. Uh, try to use that size advantage over uh, Yuya. Um, one thing, too, did you watch this with uh, the ink? So you watched these earlier than me, so you so, watched everything with Yeah, I watched, yeah, because there was, uh, I believe, Kevin Kelly, I believe there was something up with his wife. I believe she had, she was sick or had a surgery or something, um, and he was not able to do those live. He had to dub those over. So when I, because I was trying to, you know, watch, I know there were so many shows coming up, I was trying to bang these out, so I watched... Uh, everything with Japanese commentary, which I um, I thoroughly enjoy the Japanese commentary. It's very exciting, um, and even I was um, Sunday I was at my uh, hanging out with my family, and I, ha- I was trying to get my brother onto some of this new Japan. We we're watching the Japanese commentary, just how like you get so much hype because they get really into it, even for like the simple stuff. There, does he like wrestling? So, I mean, he, I mean, when I was living at home, he kind of watched it because I watched it and I, we would play like the SmackDown games together. Um, but since I've moved out, I mean, he hasn't really followed it. I mean, when I come over, he kind of asks me what's going on. And like the last couple of weeks, I've been trying to show him like more New Japan stuff and he's been really liking it. So maybe this wasn't the car to show him. <laughs> well, I, I only I only showed him the the Juice Robinson Goto match oh, okay. and the Okada and Osprey against Tanahashi and Kushida. Oh, so you just you, you gave him the good stuff. Yeah, and previously I showed him like AJ and Nakamura. I showed him um, Omega and Okada. So yeah, I've been showing him like some of the highlights. Did you show my Noki against uh, uh, Brody? No. No. <laughs> I, I haven't even seen that. <laughs> you didn't show him the, the 60 minute Broadway? Oh man, he needs uh, to see that. He needs uh, to see uh, Inoki work uh, Brody's leg for 60 <laughs> minutes. Really good. <laughs> uh, s- speaking of uh, Broadway, uh, these guys, they had a 10 minute uh, Broadway. Yeah, they went to a draw. And uh, it was kind of cool because you got to see both guys, uh, from what I've seen on tape, their first like attempt at, cra- at like uh, Boston Crabs and, you know, near falls. And so there was a lot of, you kind of got the, the sense that both guys were like very near to finishing one another at different points in the match. Um, especially there was one point where Suji had Yu Yamura in a uh, really nasty looking Boston Crab. And I did not think he was yeah. going to make it to the ropes. But uh, yeah, they worked, um, you know, all the way ten minutes and got, came to a draw. Um, at the end of the match, you kind of saw like uh, I don't know which one it was, but one of them crawled over to the other one. You, I thought they were embracing, but they were actually he was trying to pin him. Yeah, they, they started fighting again. And I was like, oh, here we go. Like, so we got a little bit. So of this a, is like the new rivalry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're gonna be wrestling again on uh, in May at the young at the uh, Lionsgate project. Yeah. So this is very interesting, uh, very good first match uh, between these two guys, and I'm looking forward to seeing more from them. Um, other than that, I mean... there, not, Yeah, there was really nothing else going on. I mean, Nakanishi, Nagata, and Tenzan went over uh, Umino, Oka, Narita. Uh, Rapongi 3K took on the... You know, the, the triple team of uh, Suzuki-Goon, and they wrestled to a DQ, basically, so... Horrible. Another terrible match in a terrible series that I don't know why they've been wrestling each other. Uh, Makabe, Elgin Juice, and Hanare, and Kushida uh, wrestled, uh, wrestled Goto, Ishii, uh, Yano, Yoshihashi, and Will Ospreay. Um, Chaos ended up uh, beating them. Uh, nice little solid three-star match. Tanahashi, Finley, and Taguchi took on Okada, Jay White, and Gato. 
Um, and this one ended with uh, Tanahashi, Finley, and uh, Taguchi coming out on top. Decent match. Nothing really special there. Um, you got Naito, Evil, Sonata against Suzuki, Archer, and Davy Boy setting up their you know future matches at Hinokuni. Suzuki Gun ended up Suzuki Gun ended up winning that match at twelve fifty with the pin, uh, which brought us to the only match really aside from the Young Lions match that I feel like is worth discussing on this you know on this card, um, and that was the junior tag or the uh, the junior heavyweight tag team titles, uh, the champions. Uh, Yoshinobu Kanemaru and Desperado taking on the challengers Bushi and Hiromu Takahashi so uh, you know take us to it Jeremy yeah so first of all I just want to say like my expectations for this match were pretty low based off everything we've seen so far in the last few junior tag title matches uh huh I mean you have some great workers here but for what the I guess the the problem here is like these matches with with Suzuki Goon they get overbooked they, yeah. There's way too much cheating, fighting on the outside, ref bumps, pulling on masks, low blows, this, that, you know, black miss, uh, the sunshot, the whiskey, uh, Satori whiskey, Satori uh, surprise. surprise yeah. yeah. There's just so much of that stuff that it kind of really lowers. Um, Usually I'm the pessimistic one in, in, in between the two of us. So like to hear you kind of go, it's like, wow. Like. Well, the thing is like, we, this, is, this has been a long program and we're, it's like the same things over and over and over again. It's like the thing, like in Desperado and Kanemaru, these guys, they're, they're good wrestlers. Yeah. Like, and I understand guys. Yes, I understand. They are heels. I'm not supposed to like them. They're supposed to cheat. I get it. I get it, guys. I've been watching wrestling since I was four years old. I get it. But there comes a point where, like, too much. Like... It's, it's just that, you know, you eventually want there to be a payoff to a feud. And so, like, you ex- there's a way for – and I've said it before. There's a way for guys to cheat and to still get the match over. I'm not saying that every single match needs to be a five-star classic or anything like that. Right. But you expect when, you know, when they're building, 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 you want there to be a delivery to what they're building up to. And it just seems like this has been, like, a meandering feud and you don't know what, why it's happening. You don't know where it's going. And it's kind of just been, I would say, like, disappointing, honestly. Yeah. Uh, which might even somewhat be the theme of the month of April across yeah. the board. And now, besides all the overbooking and the overcheating, I, I think this is probably one of the best uh, junior uh, heavyweight tag title matches out of this rivalry that's been going on between LIJ, Suzuki Goon, and uh, Rapungi 3K. Uh, last few months that we've been seeing, this is probably one of the better, oh, better tag title matches. First of all, it was team on team, yeah. So there wasn't the clunkiness of a third team in there, um, and you know this went you know 25 minutes, and you know besides overbooking, this was a a pretty good match. Well, the thing is, it started off like very, uh, you know, started off exciting and hot, and then they went to the the traditional Suzuki Goon. You know, everybody gets dumped to the outside, and then they fight and brawl for a while. And then when they came back in, you know, we got the heat for a long time, and that kind of killed it. But once you got past that stuff, and then you got to the to the actual like to the to the freaking um, you know hot tags. And then all the, the the high spots, this match did start to take off. 
my only problem with it is it just ended super abruptly. Like yeah. it seemed like they were starting to get to a point where it was like, oh, this is this is really like getting good, and then it was just over. <laughs> yeah, and then it was just over, and uh, and again overbooked. The, the way they did the finish here. Yeah. So, um, pick it up towards the end of the match here. Um, there was a double team code breaker um, from uh, Bushi and uh, Hiromu that gets two. Uh, eventually, Kanemaru hits uh, the miss on Bushi, breaking up the Doomsday MX that they were trying to do. Uh, Desperado covers Takahashi for two. Takahashi fights off Desperado, hits a super kick in another. Then Bushi hits the black miss on Kanemaru and takes him to the floor. Uh, Bushi and Hiromu double team Desperado. Bushi hits a dive and then a uh, dynamite plunge, gets a two on Desperado. Takahashi hits the uh, Blu-ray and Desperado uses a ref to escape the time bomb. There was a ref bump, a belt shot, then the Pinche Loco and Kanemaru and Desperado get the win here and retain the junior heavyweight tag titles over Bushi and Takahashi. Didn't I say? Didn't I say? Yeah. Yeah. Last what, week. What did I say? That I, I predicted the Lij. No, you already knew the finish. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. I already <laughs> knew the finish of this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it was it was exactly what I thought it would be. It was like you know, what's the point? They've been doing this overbooking crap. Um, you know, I just feel like if it, it's going to come down who can cheat better, then it's going to be. Suzuki Goon retaining and unfortunately like it seems like this feud is going to continue uh, for the time being until leading us into best of the super juniors right and and so with that that kind of tells me that like for the time being until what like Dominion we're not going to really see these titles defended or even be involved in any kind of like meaningful and who knows it might not even really these things might get carried until uh Junior Tag League, you know? Right, yeah. I mean, and this is just kind of goes back to the point that we've literally have made since episode one of Keeping It Strong Style. There really doesn't need to be a junior heavyweight tag division. Like, I mean, there can be, like, if, it, if, it, if it's called for and you've built, you know, uh, a division around it, but when it's just like junior tag titles to have junior tag titles and you're throwing guys together and it's just taking up a spot on the card you know I feel like to an extent because they have so many multi-man matches like the never six-man tag titles have more of a a purpose than these titles do because you have so many factions so many like like six mans that you can throw together and like have a have a spot in in the modern like New Japan uh you know, a re- like the way that things are set up with all the factions, those titles make more sense than these ones do to me. Right, and like you've mentioned, it's been um, a lot of thrown together teams. Yes, Bushi and Hiromu are both LIJ, but they're normally competing in singles action. And then you kind of throw together Kanemaru and Desperado. Desperado, yes, they're both Suzuki Gun, but they're usually not always teaming together. I mean, they do, but, but it's like it's not like there's this. Uh, they did try to build a story, you know, when it was leading to uh, Desperado and Kanemaru against Rapongi 3K, and I was fine with that. Mm-hmm. Then when they convoluted it by throwing in the uh, Lij guys, and then for some reason Rapongi 3K is off, you know, doing six mans with Rocky against, you know. 
this terrible team <laughs> of uh, Zuka, Taichi, and uh, Taka. I yeah, I mean, I don't get it. I like that's the problem. I don't really get how we how we arrived at this point, and I am thankful that like it's coming to an end, I suppose. But uh, I don't know. There's not much like redeeming. There's not much to say here that's like redeeming. Like it, like I almost feel bad because it's like so, we're being so negative on the whole thing, and it's like yeah, it does need to be criticized, but it's like wow, like. What's you know? What's the point yeah, of this? I, I, mean, I don't. I don't understand the point or like the direction. You know what I mean? And that's my problem. Like it's it's not easy to get excited about these junior tag titles, and they really should be because it's the right. juniors, and like New Japan has the best junior division of anywhere in the world. Right. I mean, honestly, like I think we mentioned this last week. I mean, I really only get excited for junior tag title matches when the Young Bucks are there. Well, now they're heavyweight. I mean, you, you don't have, you know, uh, you don't have Rapungi Vice, you don't have Red Dragon, uh, Forever Hooligans. Um, I mean, you know, a lot of these junior teams that they brought in, I mean, these guys are not there. I mean, it's pretty much like Rapungi 3K is supposed to be like kind of the central piece of this tag division. Well, I'm going to assume that we're going to a place where Rapungi 3K is going to be the focal point once again. And maybe finally we'll get like the payoff of a Desperado Kanemaru match. But I'm, I'm still yet to see a match of these guys that I really enjoy or am invested in. I'm just at this point. I'm not really that invested. That makes sense. Yeah, totally. So, uh, yeah, let's let's get the titles back on Rapungi 3K. Ghetto, if you're listening, show some uh, show some favoritism. Book your boys. <laughs> <laughs> know what's up and uh then let's move on and let's get some other junior team like going against these guys you know yeah all right so let's uh move on to the april 24th show um is there anything from the undercard that you want to oh absolutely you know what i'm thinking uh what are you thinking uh, the best match on the card? Uh, oh, yes. Duh. <laughs> I'm like scrolling through the results now. Yes. Uh, Tomohiro Ishii against Toa Hanare. Well, just to go through these real quick, Nagata, Oka, and Liger defeated Narita, Umino, and Tenzan at 9 minutes and 30. Um, Azuka, uh, Michinoku, and Taichi wrestled Rapongi 3K to another DQ finish. Again, really bad. Makabe, Elgin, and Kushida wrestled Yano. Uh, they defeated Yano, Yoshihashi, and Will Ospreay. And then that brings us to the match that we have to discuss right here, right now. Tomohiro Ishii versus Toa Hanare to the death. Right. So this was a very good match, which I think we expected based off all the previous interactions we've seen with Ishii and Hanare in these multi-man matches. Um, and like we said, man, strong style. Both of these guys hitting each other as hard as they possibly can. Big power moves from both of these guys. They're trying to position uh, Hanare as um, like a younger uh, version, almost of like Ishii, with the way he's wrestling. They're uh, pushing him more than they ever did Ishii in the early days, though. I'll tell yeah. you that. <laughs> and uh, 
to, to speak to that, they're doing a very good job with Hanari. All the critici- criticisms aside, because we do have our gripes about like his gimmick and things of that nature and like his character and direction. Um, yeah, they're starting to turn me on Hanari, bro. Same here, man. I mean, <laughs> I can remember when we, even before he, you know, quote unquote graduated and got a gimmick like yeah back we, in december we, yeah back in december when we started this show i mean we were not very big on hanare and like he was like one of our least favorite young boys and then he graduated and he's a geek <laughs> <laughs> that's why <laughs> yeah he graduated and then started doing like this like umaga meets uh tatanka gimmick and it was just like, what is what's going on here? And he's like, you know, teaming up with Makabe and like taking the falls and all these multi man matches. I'll never forget the first time that I ever was like, okay, there might be something to this Hanari guy. It was during the World Tag League, and it was during his first interaction that he had with Ishii, and he started chopping the crap. Yeah, I remember we were like, dude, what is this dude? I was like, oh my <laughs> god, this is like, this is incredible, and it's literally been since day one, every single interaction between these guys, it is literally the highlight of every single show that they're on. Every show, every single night. Their matches might not steal the show, but their interactions with one another mm-hmm. tend to be the best thing in the matches that they're in and tend to be one of the best things on on the show. Yeah. So I've been super excited for this match. Now, one thing I, I do want to point out, uh, even though this was Hanari wrestling in Cork, and I think in his first like major like special singles match since he graduated, did you notice that the card was down? That the house was down? The house was definitely yeah, down. Yeah, like, so, yeah. Like significantly for a Corkin show. Well, I believe that's what because of the main event. We'll talk more about that, but I thought it was very interesting. Like, that's one of the lowest, like, Corkin shows I've... I know a few weeks ago we talked about another show that was a little bit lower, but this looked, like, this looked worse. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know any official numbers, but yeah. Uh, even still... This crowd was super hot for this match. Like they had, a, they had a really, really, really good crowd for this match, and um, I just, I really dug everything about this match. Like everything that happened, the interactions they had. Um, one of my favorite things was just the beginning of the match, how um, Ishii tried to ground Hinari and he just held him in a headlock for yeah. like. <laughs> I was like, oh man, like that 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 brings out like my uh, my like 1980s like. I don't know, like mid-Atlantic, like fan, you know, like mm-hmm. like a guy just working a hold and really working it, and like Hanari, like struggling, struggling, like because he just wants to kill Ishii, and Ishii's like, no, 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 <laughs> yeah, take this hold. I <laughs> <laughs> mean, there was a lot of um, you know great counters and move. I mean, these guys have been wrestling each other several times now on several multi-man matches so they both kind of know each other's offense so there were a lot of you know great counters in this match as well and then as we mentioned just a lot of um heavy strikes yeah Um, bro when they started doing the chops to the neck and you know Ishii's kind of known for that the forearm to the neck but when when Hanari started returning them in the corner I was like oh man we have a fight here yeah have you noticed Hanari's getting bigger too? Yeah, he's getting he's, he's getting, getting vascular. Big. Yeah, he's getting big, man. He's getting really yeah. big. And uh, these guys just kind of went all out. Um, Hanari hit several like Samoan drops and you know near falls. And then I don't know when exactly it happened in the match. I, I almost feel like I need to rewatch this. But did you? Uh, when was it that it seemed like Ishii started selling the ribs? Um, I believe 
Was it like off a spear or something I, I like believe that? it was off a spear. He just started um, doing like one of the best sell jobs I've seen this whole year. Mm-hmm. And Ishii, like uh, when we first started watching Ishii a few years back and the sell jobs that he does where he, he'll be like falling all over the ring. Like Rich, I think Rich was the first one that like coined the term or maybe it was James, but they're like bumbling. Yes. He'd be yeah. bumbling out here. <laughs> and Ishii is just so fantastic at taking offense looking like he can never die and then all of a sudden the cell comes and and it's like the accumulation of all the damage he took yeah and so he just starts selling the ribs right in the middle of the match and you know that hanari has no shot of winning this match at all but they just start painting this picture where like wow and maybe he had like he could pull upset here yeah i mean and, and like it, the, the right strike could keep the stone pit bull down how about the fact that the Hanari, uh, <laughs> or that the Toa the, bottom? The Toa bottom is the rock bottom. Yes, that, that's pretty great. Yes, I am so I'm so glad. I'm pretty sure someone in the office is listening to this show where we we're like, get rid of that Simone drop. Yeah, this, this man needs a our, new our good friend uh, Rocky Romero <laughs> in the New Japan office. He's listening to us. He's like, you know what, Josh and Jeremy are right. We're gonna give this guy the uh, Toa bottom. You know, a finishing move of one of the greatest. I haven't seen him hit it yet. Yeah. But when he does, I'm going to mark out. Yeah. I mean, I was marking out just when I saw the setup for it. Yeah, when I saw the setup, I was like, oh, yes. Um, Um, So, yeah, let's kind of go to the the play-by-play by by the end of of this match here. Well, well, one other thing I want to say is, like, even though this match was not – it was not five stars or anything, and it did end somewhat abruptly, I'd love to see these guys run it again. The last like five minutes, just the sequences that they're putting together and the drama that they built. It's not like the whole match was great. It was good. The whole match wasn't great, but there were some parts that were extremely good, like the finishing sequence, that the 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 striking exchanges and the near falls and the violence. Like I was just like, man, this is this is what wrestling should be. This is wrestling. Yes. Um. So yeah, so coming on towards the end of this match here, uh, Ishii hit a uh, Saito suplex for a near fall. Uh, Hanare is able to come back um, out of desperation with a pop-up Samoan drop. Both men are down. They get to their feet, and they're trading uh, big strikes. This is the sequence I was talking about. Yeah, Hanare uh, hits a German and a spear for a near fall. Uh, Then he follows it up with lariats, but Ishii's not going down. After a few more, Ishii finally goes down. Oh, and I loved the sell on that. He was he was hitting him back and forth, back and forth, and they're both trading shots. And Ishii was acting like nothing was gonna phase him, and then all of a sudden, the sell came in. And he just drops. And yeah. I was like, yes. And uh, then they trade headbutts. That uh, that too. This yes. match was awesome, bro. I'm marking out just thinking about. How yeah. The the three headbutts that they gave each other were just. Awesome. Nah, yeah. So uh, Hanare's down. Ishii drags him up, hits a lariat, then he hits a sliding D for two. Uh, Hanare counters the brain buster into a cradle for two. That was a close near fall yeah. there. I, I popped for that one. Um, then a spear falls up for another near fall. Um, then Ishii comes back, dumps him with a snap dragon, hits a lariat for another near fall. Kills him with that lariat. Yeah. And then it was the brain buster, and Hanare was done. Good night, 
Thanks for coming. Stone Pitbull picks up the win. 15 minutes and 20 seconds. So they've done a really good job endearing uh, Hanari to me at this point. So um, I'm at the point now where I'm like, I'm, a, I'm invested. I'm invested. This a guy. This a guy did not care about it at the beginning of this year. We're four months in, and I'm like, okay, uh, let's see what he can do next yeah. because I'm starting to get invested. And even with the bad gimmick, it doesn't really matter because if he's just gonna if he's gonna deliver on that level, time and time again, then then they got my money. Yeah, they got my money. You know what I would like to see him do? Probably the next couple months. I would like to see him uh, win the belt and beat everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, kind of where I was going. I, I want to see him uh, challenge Goto for the never open weight. I think chip. I think Goto's gonna have his hands tied for the time being, but maybe. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll we'll get, we'll get to freaking Goto a, a little bit later. So um, following that match, Suzuki Goon defeated Lij, uh, and then it came, uh Okada, Goto, and Gato beat Tanahashi, Juice, and Taguchi in the semi-main event, which brought us to uh, the final match of the night, the IWGP US title match between the champion, uh, Switchblade Jay White, and the challenger, David Finley. Yeah, so this was, you know, a very good main event. I know um, there's a lot of, you know, controversy on the internet with Jay White, you know, whether I, he... Whether, I don't even know if it's controversy. Well, uh, maybe not controversy, maybe not the right word. It's but. starting to feel like people are just losing interest because yeah. there's, like, not even that many people really talking about Jay White as much anymore. And I am wondering where this experiment is going or, you know what I mean, if it is if it is working out or not, basically. Right. And so uh, this match, we know the, the rivalry with Jay White and David Finley... Both were in the same young boy class, um, came up together. Uh, mm-hmm. They were best friends. But um, Jay White was able to get an excursion to Ring of Honor, came back with Switchblade. And pretty much the whole story of the rivalry is Jay's always been a couple steps ahead of David Finley. He, uh, up to this point, the official like match t- like tally is that uh, Jay White has nine victories straight in a row in the series. Yeah. Going into this match, so it's like Finley, like he just keeps whooping Finley every time they meet. And uh, so, uh, also another thing, I don't know if you guys are catching the, um, you know, the backstage promos, but Dave Finley has been doing some of the best promo work that I've ever seen him do. You know, for this basically for this match and the build to it, and um, yeah, the, the, like. Everything that he said leading up to it, talking about what you had just mentioned that, you know, Dave Finley was kind of more like favored and that he got to go to Ring of Honor while uh, or that Jay White did. And while Finley was just kind of like staying behind and like working his sail off and like investing in New Japan and getting overlooked, basically not getting the same opportunities. So that's really what fired him up, what, what his motivation was going into this match. Right. And. You know, these guys, they know each other so well. And I thought this was a really great um, kind of breakout performance for David Finley here. Uh, you know, he's a guy that we always joke in these multi-man matches like, oh, Finley is out. Uh, he's taking the fall. Not but, lately, though. Not lately. But, you know, usually that's, usually, been, that's yeah. been our kind of our inside joke when he comes out. But 
I mean, he really stepped his game up here in this match. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I'll, I'll say this. I wasn't as high on the match as other people were. Mm. For me personally, I don't know if it was just uh, maybe I was tired while I was while I was viewing it or what the case was, but it did seem to like be a little bit like meandering and uh, kind of, you know that's been the story with a lot of the matches this month as well. I don't know what the deal is right now. Yeah, maybe man. it's just because it's April. Yeah, April has been like a very like lackluster month uh, across the board. Yes, there were great matches that happened this month. Well, Sakura Genesis was right, awesome. Right, but that was at like the very beginning of the month. Yeah. It was like we got our dessert first yeah. at the beginning of the month, and then we were spoon-fed veggies the rest of the month. Yeah, like everything after like Mania weekend has been like I mean there's there's been some good stuff, so it's not like like I'm not downplaying the entire month overall and just throwing it all away. But I will say, uh, personally, I much more enjoyed the match that they had earlier this year at Corican between uh, Jay White and Dave Finley. Really? A lot more. Hmm. I, I like this match more. I could see why. I mean, this had like the, you know, they worked the main event style and everything like that. But at the same time, there's just a, there's a lot. Like this, this match tended to drag for me for whatever reason. And I just didn't feel like until towards the end it started to get going. And then a lot of the near falls for me personally, there's a lot of near falls that I'm like, well... I don't know. I just wasn't buying into them. You know what right. I mean? Like, like I, and you know what? I don't think I was alone either. Um, I don't think the crowd was as hot for this match as they were for the Hanari Ishii match. Right. I, I think because the crowd, I mean, I don't think the, the crowd at this point believes Jay White or I'm sorry, David Dave Finley. Dave Finley can well, I mean, White. can you blame them? Like 10 matches. It's like, well, it's not only that, but it's like they've tried, they've done a decent job heating up Dave Finley in a short-term aspect, but that can only go so far. It's like, you know, they're trying to undo, you know, two or three years of mediocre booking. And I mean, what's the biggest push that this guy had? Like when he tag teamed with like Ricochet? Yeah. You know? And, and it's not to the, to the to extent of what I'm about to say, but it's almost similar to the Jinder Mahal push. I mean, a gender is it's way worse. But you think about it, it's two job guys, like kind of like out of nowhere, like being not, pushed. Not, not quite, but I see what you're saying. Like you know, moving a guy up too quick without like really building him, basically. Right. Um. So yeah, I felt like that was another thing that that was that had it like going against the match was just yeah. I don't think the crowd was. Uh, I don't want to say invested because I think they are, but I just don't think that they bought that Dave Finley was going to win. And I, you know what? I didn't either, man. And I'll tell you one thing I did not like about this match. And it's something I really didn't like about the Kenny Omega match is that little brief, like, little shoulder kick out thing where he, like, barely gets his shoulder off the mat. I like that. Uh, I don't know. I kind of go back and forth. I just, I don't know. I like it. I like it. That's all I'm going to say. I don't, have, I don't have to defend it. Like, I like it. I don't know. I, I really don't care for the little, like, it's like he, like, flinches and, like, barely gets his shoulder off the mat. And, like it's Yeah, like, he got his shoulder off the mat. It's a wrestling match. That's yeah. how you kick out. Yeah, I guess. You don't, you don't got to flail your legs up in the air <laughs> to tell the story. You just got to get that shoulder off the mat, baby. That's all you got to do. Yeah. 
Bro, you're you're a former amateur wrestler. I don't understand. Yeah, and once once your shoulders are on the mat, like <laughs> we didn't have three counts in amateur wrestling. That's it's like that's because it was the amateurs. This yeah. is the professionals. <laughs> like dude, my shoulders were on the mat, it was over. Like game time. Like there's no like flinching or nothing. Like, but um, yeah. So let's go towards the play by play for the. And in this match here. How about the table spot? Yeah, so that's where I'm going to start off with. So Finley uh, brings out a table, sets it up on the floor, uh, takes White up top. Um, he teases a suplex on the table. White fights out. They work to the apron, and White cuts him off. But Finley hits a uh, backdrop driver and then power bombs him on the table. And we had a little Japanese table, I am the table moment here. Um, and then the table finally breaks uh, with an elbow drop off the apron. Sort of breaks. Yeah, sort of. Not even fully breaks. Yeah. Um, Finley uh, makes it back in the ring before 20. Uh, White attacks and hits a butterfly, butterfly suplex for a near fall. Uh, Brain Buster falls for a near fall. Finley counters the Blade Runner into a stunner for a near fall. They trade strikes from their knees. White uh, hits some chops. Finley fired back with European uppercuts. Finley fires up but runs into a huge lariat. He counters the Blade Runner again into a backdrop driver. Hits a last shot for two. Uh, Jay White finally counters uh, the bl- into a Blade Runner for the victory. And this went uh, 26 minutes and 37 seconds. So I really did. Now, I will say this. The the ending sequences were fantastic. Like you said, these guys are so familiar with one another. So I thought it was very crisp, very smooth. And I liked the tale that they told that basically at the end, it was all um, Dave Finley. And it was just hope spot after hope, not hope spot, but like, you know, near fall after near fall after yeah. near fall. And it, you start like getting the feeling like, oh man, like Dave Finley's going to pull this one out. But at the same time, again, caveat, it wasn't like the crowd was going wild for these, but they were still, it was still a really well wrestled match. I do think the crowd like basically not buying most of the finishes. And that's another criticism I will say. I don't like the stunner for Dave Finley. And I think he needs a different finisher. Just yeah. everyone does stunners and like yeah stutters slash cutters like everybody everybody does them. There they yeah it's kind of lost its effect at this point. Like the only guy I pop for who does it is Willie Mack at yeah. this point. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, so anyways. But then out of nowhere, bro, he just catches him with that sling blade, and it's just that's wraps. You mean the uh, the Blade Runner? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> I was I was thinking of it like Sister Abigail and like, sling blade. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Just a lot, a lot of blades going it's around. It's all the same crap. But yeah, he catches him with that Blade Runner, uh, Blade Runners, uh, Stinging uh, Warrior. <laughs> awesome tag team. Uh, yeah, anyway, so yeah, he catches him with the Blade Runner, one, two, three, and it's wraps for Dave Finley. And his heart is broken once yeah. again. Uh, Post match, Jay White cut a promo. He said he admit he was surprised by Finley. And that Finley belongs in the main event, but he doesn't belong in the ring with him. Mm-hmm. Says he's ten and one. Get that piece of shit out the ring. He says the future of chaos. Uh, he's the future of chaos, and he will be watching Okada and Tanahashi. Yeah, he said who's very next. closely. He was saying who's yeah. next. You know, he's like I'm not sure. It doesn't really matter. And he's like he's like you know Okada Tanahashi. I'm gonna be keeping my eyes on that. So uh, we don't have a you know immediate challenger lined up for the U.S. title. But 
we do still have the growing dissension that may be followed up in the near future uh, as far as like the, the inner turmoil with, uh, you know, Jay White and Chaos, which another thing, if you notice, this guy never, ever comes out to the same music as the other guys. He always has his own ring entrance. Right. Um, we didn't talk about this a few weeks ago and I felt dumb about it, but remember the match where... It was a 10-man tag. It was Chaos against uh, Tanahashi and friends. Yeah. And Team they, uh, Tanahashi Japan. Yeah. And they did the Zama. They did the Zama yeah, pose. Yeah. He didn't do it. Yeah. And he didn't do it. And they're all looking at him like, are you going to do this with us? And he just walked over to the corner. And it's like, this guy's like, he's wrestling with them, but he's not on the team with them. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So I'm very interested to see where this leads. Now, where we're at right now, four months in. What are your thoughts? I know we, we've said, like, give him time, give him time, let's see what, what happens. I mean, how do you feel like things are going with, like, Jay White right now? Um, to be honest, I mean, I, I think it's kind of lukewarm right now. Yeah. Um, they, they're they they're trying, but just something is just not quite clicking yet. And Maybe it's, like, not the right story or something. Right. I don't know what it is. Like, his... His get I like I I like his gimmick. Yeah, the gimmick the gimmick's fine with me. I don't have a problem with the gimmick. And I, I his think wrestling's good. Yeah, he's a good wrestler, but there's just something, and I think his promos are really good. Also, they're okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, like you know, the, the Hangman stuff when he was like he pretty much lit Hangman on fire with those promos. No, yeah, his he's been very inter- He's one of the most interesting things when it comes to the promos, but when it comes to his like overall presentation, I don't know what it is, but. I'm I'm just like I'm starting to be like you know there's other people from day one have been like you know hey, like uh you know Jay, Jay White's done Jay White's awful yada right. yada and I'm not quite there yet but I'm like well we're, we've we've gone through a few different feuds a few different stories and I like again like I'm not that invested in the guy right also now. also I think it's it's kind of hard I mean he started off with Tanahashi and Omega it's like. There's like not much going up from there. I mean, you could wrestle Okado and Naito, but I mean, you, it's yeah. But at the same time, like you know, uh, you gotta also think like you know, uh, Hiromu Takahashi came back off excursion, came mm-hmm. into the company, and was the hottest thing for six months. Yeah. You know, uh, in 2012 when Okada came back, he took the title right off Tanahashi, and he was gold ever since then. I mean, literally, the guy's literally been gold since. You know, since that day, like the last like six years, so I'm just wondering, like, yes, you know, everyone's at different paces, and you got to give them like some leeway, but how much, how much slack is this guy gonna get before we start, like, he starts delivering to what I think is the new Japan standard, right? And there is and, a working standard there, and I, I think uh, part of the problem too is like this, like almost like the the caliber of his U.S. title challengers. Well, I mean. Yeah, yeah, you're not completely off there, I mean, but at the same time, I think the idea of the title right now is to give up-and-coming guys a shot. Right. And so, I I thought this match would be, like, a, a way to really get these guys over, but there was a gear that they just never got to. <laughs> I was expecting it go, to go to another gear, and I don't know if maybe it's inexperience. I mean, clearly, they work really well together and, and have lots of chemistry, but... It takes more than that to put on like a real classic, and this is a match that was like it was good, you know. But it, it was something. It's something that's gonna be forgotten by the end of the year, much less like, you know, remembered as part of a a memorable title reign, you know. Right. Same thing with uh, the J. Like I actually thought that this match might have 
uh, he wrestled Hangman. Yeah. I think the Hangman match might have been worked harder, but people cared less, and so maybe it came across as not as good. But I don't know. I didn't think this was as good as the Hangman match as far as in-ring work. Maybe for story it was better, but for yeah. in-ring work I did not think it was better. I liked the table spot and I liked some of the sequences, but overall it wasn't as cohesive. Yeah, I don't know where what's the next step. Like I don't here. know where he goes from here. Yeah, what's uh, I was expecting, you know, when he was saying who's next, who's next, for maybe somebody to come out and challenge him. Yeah, I thought so too. I, I really think he need he needs a solid challenger for his next title defense. What if he takes the title of Okada? <laughs> oh, you think I'm joking? You think that they would end this incredible IWGP heavyweight title reign with Jay White. I'm not saying they will, but I'm saying there was a time when people laughed when Tanahashi was in the middle of his 11, you know, 11 defenses and Okada challenged him with like, you know, that that terrible match at, at Wrestle Kingdom and then he beat him the next month. A lot of people didn't expect that. And I'm like, well, they've been teasing like some dissension between these guys. He's running out of challengers. What if like and and Jay White's been talking about like inner inner like uh you know factional like challenges like what if he challenges Okada after Okada wins the belt and then what if he beats him? Uh, I just just trying to picture that has me flabbergasted. I I, I can't see that. It sounds I, crazy. I could see him maybe challenging, but I don't think he he stands a chance. Well, it's like we said last time. Whoever wrestles him after this next match, true, true, but still, could be the guy. Still, I mean, you you got to do what's best for business. And Jay White, bro, nobody thought Okada was best for business when he won the belt. Nobody, yeah, yeah. they thought it was, bro. The, the the internet like was losing its mind. I'm not saying it's the best thing for business. And again, we just sat here and criticized the guy. And so I'm not saying that that, but who knows? Like maybe that maybe that's the direction they're going. I don't yeah. really know. And I mean, I mean, if you look here, speaking of business, we talk about this this slow house. This was the main event. Jay White and Finley. Yeah, you saw what happened. Draw. What this was the main event. Like this was not a big draw. But is it because of Jay White or is it Dave Finley? Or both. Um, I think it it's a matchup. They've seen this was this is the They saw it a few months ago already. Yeah, they saw it a few months ago and this was the eleventh match between these guys. It's like and this is pretty much the same result over it's Brock Lesnar Roman Reigns. <laughs> it's, not that, it's, not, it's not that bad. But you uh, know what's gonna happen. You know, uh, you know Jay White's probably gonna get the win. Like, I guess I'm just wondering where they go from here. I think that remember when I, last week I actually predicted Finlay to get the upset because I was just trying to be like I don't know, just trying to try be different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really, I really was because even though I knew deep down like White was gonna win, I was like, well, where do they go from here? Was my whole thing like where do they go and now it's happened now we're a week later finley finley lost just like you said he would and then what i said would happen kind of happened it's like well where do they go from here and i yeah they can like they can bring someone in to challenge like jay white that's all that's all good but i don't know maybe maybe something will happen during g1 like or i don't know dominion's coming up before g1 isn't it 
Uh, yeah. So they got to do something in the next like month or two. Yeah, and, and there's, there's there's probably not going to be a title defense in May because it's well, all best of Super Juniors, we'll right? We'll get to it later, but Jay White does have a title defense coming up, so I kind of oh he does he does, and we'll talk okay. about that during the news. So, uh, so I think that covers that. So you know we'll keep our eyes on this and we'll move on. <laughs> all right. So the last um, road to show this month was um, April twenty seventh. Yep. Um, anything before the never title match you want to go over? Uh, well, Narita beat uh, Yuyamura four minutes forty five seconds via submission. Taguchi, Tiger Mask, and Jushin Liger beat Umino, Oka, Nagata uh, via pinfall. Shoyo and Rocky Romero beat Takamichinoku, Izuka, and Taichi at nine minutes, which was also another bad match between them. However, surprise. <laughs> however, it felt like the blow off match, and uh, the one thing they did end up hitting. Uh, I don't know if. You- oh yes, uh, uh, Show hit uh, Izuka. Uh, Izuka with the Iron Claw. That was the only good thing about this match. Yeah, so I gave this match like a bump in the rating. It went up from like one to like uh, two stars. <laughs> really? You still go that high? Well, they beat him by pinfall. It was a decisive finish and Izuka got hit with the Iron Claw. Like, if he's going to get hit with that Iron Claw, it's a whole star rating for me. That's yeah. that, that's up a whole star. So, uh, after that, Hanare, Michael Elgin, and Togi Makabe, I'm sorry, Togi Makabe and Dave Finley defeated... Uh, four-man team from Chaos. Um, after that, we got a matchup between LIJ and Suzuki Goon. LIJ ended up uh, beating the team of Suzuki Goon, which led us into our semi-main event uh, for the IWGP Never Openweight title. The champion, Hiroki Goto, taking on the challenger, Juice Robinson. Our good uh, personal friend, Juice Robinson. Yeah, it was cool. He opened up the show for us last week. Yeah. I, uh, I don't think I'd actually heard that drop until like you inserted it because I w- I wasn't with you guys when you guys were recording that at that point. Yeah. So that was cool. I was like, hey. Although I was like, dang it, Juice, you dated us. He's like, oh, we're here at WrestleCon. <laughs> I was like, Juice, come on, man. Um, Killing the so game. this was I really really enjoyed this matchup um, between Goto and Juice. Um, I thought it was hard hitting, had a great pace, there was great near falls. I thought this was a breakout uh, performance in Juice. I felt the the crowd was heavily invested and heavily behind Juice, and they were trying to do everything in their power to will Juice into this match. This is the hottest that Juice has ever been, no pun intended. Yeah, <laughs> but this is this is like the most invested the crowd has ever been to him. He's never been this popular, um, and they were just hanging on every single action. Um, this match wasn't like a complex story. They weren't doing a ton of crazy stuff. A lot of the things they were doing were very simple, but it was telling the right story with the right build and the right guys, and and the crowd was even you know invested in Goto as well. So everything that they did like mattered, and this crowd was just they were super hot for this as opposed to the night before, or I'm sorry, uh, like on the 24th, where you could feel like the crowd was just really not feeling it. They weren't into it. This was a match where they were definitely invested. Yeah, and I I have to say I was kind of upset. <laughs> I was I was heated that Juice Robinson did not 
walk out as our new never open heavyweight champion. Here, I, I thought it was a time. I felt it, man. Like they, they should have given our boy Juice the strap. I told you that you know they like to book, book the book the heartbreaks. I'm tired of the, the heartbreaks, ghetto. <laughs> like give my boy Juice a strap. I don't know. It just it seems like you know if they're gonna give him a title, like why not just give him the never title? I mean, like come on, it's the never title, dude. Like, like start him with something, man. Like but at the same time, like. I don't know. I guess Goto's their boy. Like he is a star over there to some degree. Like he's not. He's not like main event level, but um, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. This this was a. I thought this match was really, 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 really good. Um, would you say that this was by far the best match of the week for New Japan? Yeah. Yeah, I would say. I'm yeah, like, definitely. I mean, like, for me, I liked, I'll say this, I liked the Ishii and Hanari match better than Dave Finley and Jay White. I will agree with that. Really? Yeah. A lot of people disagree. I know. A lot of people kind of rated the Hanari-Ishii match lower than uh, the Jay White and uh, Finley match, but I know. I guess we kind of have that strong style preference, and matches like Ishii and Hanare, we tend to rate higher, a little bit higher than most people do sometimes. Maybe because they freaking rule. Yeah, they're <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought, I thought if you gave that Hanare Ishii match, I don't know if I would say extra time, but maybe if they got going a little bit quicker and maybe add a five five more minutes to it, not or maybe six or seven max, just mm-hmm. a couple more minutes, and let them go even harder, like. It could have got up there, you know. Could yeah. have got up there for me, but um, this match, aside from aside from the Ishii Hinari match, I thought that this was the Dude, best this, match of the whole entire weekend. This, this is like one of my. This is now like one of my favorite uh, Juice Robinson matches too. Uh, Dude, this guy's been having great match after great match. This yeah, year. like the match with Tanahashi was excellent. The match he had with Yujiro this year uh, was excellent, and now this match, like he's been on fire. Yeah. And both of these guys did a lot. There was some new stuff that both of these guys did in this match I had not seen before that I thought was pretty cool. Okay. But uh, let me go to uh, the play-by-play here. So uh, Juice hits a German, but uh, Goto rebounds with a lariat. It's the Ushiguroshi. Um, Goto falls with strikes. Juice fires back. They trade strikes. Juice hits a drop, drop kick, uh, but Goto rebounds with a body kick to cut him off. Both men are down. They fight to their feet. Goto hits the spin kick and uh, Saito suplex and another. The ref is checking on Juice, but Goto shoves him away and looks to finish him. Um, another Ushiguroshi for a near fall. Uh, Goto takes him up top, and he's trying to hit a super Ushi- Ushiguroshi. But Juice escapes um, and hits an Ushiguroshi. Uh, Big Lariat falls for a great near fall. Juice gets fired up and hits a sick brain buster for another near fall. He attempts Pulp Friction, but Goto counters into a sleeper. Uh, Juice fights out, starts tries to fight, but he's starting to fade. He fights one more time, but Goto cranks back on the hole. Uh, he counters out. Uh, he Goto tries to hit the GTR, but Juice counters out. But Goto hits a headbutt, then hits the GTR. He looks for another GTR, but Juice counters into a small package for a really awesome near fall. Juice tries for Pulp Friction one more time, but it's counter. 
Uh, but Juice hits the big KO punch, tries again for Pulp Friction, but is countered. Um, Juice, or uh, he counters and Goto with another great near fall. Goto lays in kicks and hits another GTR to retain the Never Open Weight Championship. 26 minutes and 45 seconds. Yeah, so I think the the one thing that stood out to me about this was how many near falls, like how many times it seemed like Goto had put Juice away. And then Juice was just so resilient that like every time I kicked out, I was like, oh, he's going to win this match. Like, I know, oh my, <laughs> bro, man, that's that small package that he, he uh, I mentioned earlier. That near fall, dude, I was literally like on the edge of the couch, man. Like, oh, just, 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 oh, man. I was so invested in this match. I wanted Juice to win so, so badly. So <laughs> badly. <laughs> oh, so my. So here's the thing, bro. Like, yes, okay. So, you know, Juice is just like, we said it before. I said, like, I think he's becoming like a main event type wrestler, like, where he's learning how to read the crowd and. Like, tell very compelling stories. Like, I can't praise this guy high enough. Like, so this is kind of like where I would expect someone like Jay White to be at this point, even though it's almost not fair because Juice has had more time to kind of be at this level with these guys. Whereas, like, again, Jay's kind of just coming back. But with the position and the prominence that they pushed him in, I almost feel like Juice should have that spot. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, Juice is the guy that I think should have the title shot and, you know, be carrying a a belt and things like that. But this is a guy that's got the crowd behind him. He's got people invested. This crowd was trying to will him to victory every single – and it's not like they don't like Goto. They like Goto, but they were, like, so into Juice Robinson. I mean, you've seen this guy progress. It's like they've pretty much watched Juice grow up in front of their eyes and, like – they know he has the tools now. Like it's not like started. It was like he would just like serve his matches. Now he's thriving. You can believe that Juice Robinson can beat Goto. The crowd believed it. The yeah. crowd believed it. And so it is a setback right now. But when this guy wins a belt, dude, dude, oh, it's gonna be huge. They're gonna lose their minds. And I, I, I'm gonna tell you, I think this year he does win a belt. Yeah, I think I said that like uh, uh, begin. I think. Uh, one of my predictions for this year, like Juice Robinson's winning a belt. I think after G one, uh, I think you'd be crazy not to like put a belt on him. And I could def, you know, I could see, I could see him like winning the U.S. title. Yeah. So let's mark that down. Uh, yeah. Prediction twenty eighteen. Uh, you know, it's it's we're going into May right now, and uh, I think like maybe around like King of Pro Wrestling or Destruction. You, you get a title reign. You get a title reign out of out of Juice Robinson. Yeah, and I'm really interested to see him in um, G1 this year. I mean, he had a great match in G1 next year, but he's so much better than he was. I mean, last year. So, well, <laughs> he was so much better than he was last year that I feel like this year's G1, his matches are going to be even better. So, uh, you know, we end up basically, uh, Goto ends up retaining, and then after that, Michael Elgin comes out to check on his good friend Juice yeah. Robinson. And then he has a face-off with Goto. Uh, Elgin ends up telling uh, you know Goto that he wants the Never title, proclaims himself as the next challenger. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden we get uh, Lord Taichi, uh, his, his overlord. He comes into the ring. He says he wants a title shot. He ends up attacking Goto, and Elgin tries to come to Goto's aid. Uh, Taichi slithers out of the ring before he can get uh, – you know, Elgin can get his hands on him. Yeah. 
And that leaves us in a very precarious situation where we've got three guys or two two different challengers kind of going for the same belt, which you don't really see in uh, New Japan, like hardly ever. Right, and you really don't see triple threat matches that much. Like, I can't really... Maybe there are, but I can't really think of, like, many, like, triple triple threat matches in New Japan. I mean, I can think of a few, but none that, like... It's not something that happens, like, every Often. Day. I mean, other promotions, I feel like the triple threat is kind of abused. I mean, the last one I can really think of... <laughs> Is that like Wrestle Kingdom? They did that uh, that junior uh, triple threat with uh, I forget who was in it. I think it was a. Uh, I know for sure that Loki was in it because he wore the uh, the Hitman attire. Mm, yeah, and I think Prince Devitt was in it and somebody else. But it was a long time ago. And yeah. Since then, like I don't know. I can't. I mean, we've we've seen four ways, but that really comes to the top. Of my we've head. seen triple threat tag team matches, but they do them. They do them. From I know, time to I time. know they do them, but it's. I feel like, like, because I know Lesnar won the belt in a in a three way, and I know Bob Sapp won the title in a there. Maybe he didn't, but I know he yeah, was in it's, one. It's not that they don't do them, but I feel like it's ma- rare. Majority of their title matches are usually one on one. Yeah, so I'm guessing this is sp- like gonna lead us to a. Uh, a three-way between Elgin and uh, Taichi. I don't really know. What are your thoughts on that, man? Uh, I don't know. I, th- I think Elgin and Goto would be a good match. Not sh- sure how I feel about Elgin against... Uh, I mean, uh, Goto against Taichi. The thing with Taichi is like he had two really good matches the other month against Naito and Tanahashi. But he didn't win any of those matches. Yeah. And then since then, it's like he's a heavyweight and he's like he's been performing better, but nothing that would be like he's ready for a title shot. Right. Like nothing. So I don't know. I guess like I don't know that Elgin's been getting beat too, though. So who knows? Like I guess <laughs> I guess we've been wondering when they're gonna heat Elgin up. I guess this is their chance to do something with him. So uh, at this point, though, like I'm. I shouldn't even make a prediction because I've predicted like all these matches wrong. <laughs> but uh, like I'm like Goto's probably gonna retain against these guys. Is I, what I think. I would think so, but who knows? I mean, yeah. Tai Chi's heavyweight. Everybody loves him. Miho Abe was back <laughs> on this tour. Um, yeah, I was getting worried. I thought she, she might have left him or something. Yeah, I was starting to get worried, but uh, I guess she's back. I popped big for uh, Miho. I bet you did. <laughs> So that leads us to the main event of the night, Kushida and Hiroshi Tanahashi taking on uh, the championship team of Will Ospreay and Kazushika Okada. And this was part of the build for their uh, you know, two title matches coming up on night two of uh, Dantaku. And uh, this was like very good. Yeah, this is a very good tag match. Something I want to mention, we didn't really cover all those multi-man matches in depth, but um, Okada has really been healing it up. With this rivalry of Tanahashi, I mean, several nights he is trying to hit the Tombstone pile driver on the outside to Tanahashi and really like increase his aggression level towards Tana. I think one thing, like I, you didn't hear this, but I was listening to the English commentary and like Kevin Kelly. I don't know if it's just his uh, interpretation or if this plays into like the backstage comments, but like basically, like the the story supposed to be that Okada does not think that Tanahashi is anywhere near his level 
and like is upset that he's facing this version of Tanahashi because it's not the Tanahashi of old. Right. And he's trying to use this extra aggression to maybe bring that out of him because he's like, if I want, if I'm gonna fight him, I want to fight Tanahashi. And this is not Tanahashi. Mm-hmm. And so, like, he's attacking. It's almost like he's reverting back to his heel persona, maybe to like wake up the ace because he's. It's like he's sleeping. That's like what the basically like. That's what they're trying to say is like it is going on there. Like he's attacking him every night, and and we've to try seen, to try to like bring the competitive side of Tanahashi back. Right, and also too, we've seen like some of those. Um, promos before like leading into this robbery like after Tana challenged him he was like you know what has Tanahashi like done to even like earn, earn the right he ain't lying everything he's saying is true like I don't he hasn't done anything to earn this match like to me I thought it made sense when I was like oh he's gonna win the, the New Japan Cup but when he lost mm-hmm. the New Japan Cup I was like alright that's it we're never gonna see Tanahashi in a title shot again and then a month later <laughs> I look like a fool. <laughs> they got it. They got him right in that spot. So I mean, that's what's going on. Uh, but speak like, let's talk about this match. Yeah. So this was a very good match. I mean, you spray and Kushida in there, man. Those guys light it up. Um, anytime they're in the ring together, there's also some great interactions between the heavies and juniors, like between. Kushida and um, Okada and Osprey and Tanahashi. It was just great getting to see those guys like mix it up also. Um, but yeah, this was a very good main event. Did a great job um, building up to these title matches. Um, so yeah, so towards I think I think the whole time one thing I will say is like Kushida Kushida and uh, Will Osprey. Every interaction I've seen of them has been fire. Yeah. Like fire. Uh, Tanahashi and Okada have been good. And a lot of their like pull aparts and like post-match attacks and stuff, that's been all very compelling. And just seeing them in the ring. But the stuff with Osprey and Kushida has just been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like I'm very, very, very excited about Dantaku. Like I am very excited about this. Yeah. So I'm going to pick up towards the end of the match here. Where uh, Okada made a hot tag into Osprey, um, Osprey comes in, um, lays in some knee strikes and kicks to Kushida. Uh, does the, the hesitation drop kick and the running shooting star press for a near fall? Uh, Kushida counter, counters out, hits a Pele. Kushida then falls with the DDT. Um, there's some exchanges with um, to Tanahashi and Okada. Tanahashi hits uh, Dragon Screw on both Osprey and Okada. Sling Blade for a near fall. Okada cuts off Tanahashi and then drop kicks Kushida. Okada dumps Tanahashi and looks for a tombstone. Tanahashi escapes with the Sling Blade. Back in, Osprey hits um, a kick in the Robinson Special. Kushida cuts him off and locks on the hoverboard lock. Um, he holds him in the hoverboard lock for Tanahashi to get on the top rope. Tanahashi then hits the high fly flow and pins Will Ospreay. 18 minutes and 15 seconds. Yep. So. what? Who did I predict to win this one? Why you got to bring up old stuff, bro? No, I, so I was <laughs> curious. I, I, could, I, could, I couldn't remember if I, what I predicted here. Uh, you said uh, Tanahashi and Kushida were going to win this match. Oh, nice. You yeah, so I mean, out of the big matches that we predicted, I I got the first the Lij Suzuki Goon tag match right, 
But then uh, we both had predicted Ishii. I, like a fool, I picked Finley, which obviously I, I was wrong. We both picked Juice, and we were both wrong. Damn you, Goto. And then uh, for the main event, I picked Osprey and Okada, and it looks like you picked uh, Tanahashi and Kushida. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you're better at predicting matches than I am. <laughs> Oh, man. So, yeah. So, uh, you know, Tanahashi basically, um, you know, this was a good main event, you know, uh, building towards the, the matches that are coming up. Uh, Tanahashi, you know, gets some revenge on, on Okada for tombstone, tombstoning him on the floor earlier in the week. And um, I'm thinking that we have a really good shot at getting a, a lot of snowflakes out of these uh these two matches come next week. Dude, May is going to be I feel like a really great uh, month for New Japan. We got these Wrestling Dantaku shows with these two title matches. Best of the Super Juniors is going to kick off. Like, It's going to be insane this month. So the one thing that I thought was interesting was, and I don't know if you agree with me, but I thought the April 27th Road 2 show, this one with Goto, Juice, Tanahashi, and Kushida against Osprey and Okada, that was by far the easiest to watch Road 2 show of this entire like April months. Like this has been the best, that was the best show for me, including Hino Kuni, since uh, Dantak or since uh, Sakura Genesis. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so like we like we've kind of talked about like most of the cards have like been kind of lackluster with like one or two good matches. This was all around just a, a much better I thought Road Two show, and for me I thought it was better than Hinokuni. Yeah, which brings us to uh, our review of Hinokuni. <laughs> so this was just uh, last night. Um, did you did you see that this was sold out? Yes, I did see. I heard um, uh, Meltzer had mentioned that this was a sold out show. Yep, so a lot of, you know, this is one of the, the biggest shows of the month, basically, and, you know, headlined by, you know, um, Tetsuya Naito against Minoru Suzuki for the IWGP IC title. Um, I don't know if we have to go through each match, like, match by match, because I, again, like, to some to some degree... This almost felt like another Road 2 show for me. Even though it was like a bigger like card, a bigger show, and there was two title matches, like the undercard for me like just didn't really do it. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty much kind of like back to the kind of just, you know, the multi-man matches, some young boy stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. We could talk about a couple matches here. So, Nagata and Ren Narita taking on Oka and Umino. Uh, not much to say there. It was as good as what you'd expect. You know, the young boys are great. Nagata's great with them. Him and uh, Umino have just been going at it the whole tour. I think you've been uh, mentioning how, like, Nagata's just been kicking the crap out of Umino. Yeah, man. Nagata has been, like, killing this man. So, uh, yeah, Nagata ends up uh, winning with the Nagata Lock 2 on uh, Umino at 9 minutes, 49 seconds via submission. Uh, that brought us to the second match of the show. Dave Finley, Jushin Liger, and Tiger Mask taking on uh, Taguchi. Oh, and I'm sorry, Tiger Mask and Taguchi taking on Jay White, Rocky Romero, Sho and Yo. So you kind of got like some of the best like junior type guys from Chaos taking on some of the better like junior guys from like uh, Sekigun and like uh, I guess you know Taguchi Japan and. I don't know. I felt very, very underwhelmed with with the level of talent that was in this match. I thought it should have been a lot funner than it ended up being and, and more action-packed in it. It was just by the numbers for me. Yeah, and uh, I uh, 
in our social uh, suplex thread, I was like, how do you ruin a match with the Golden Lovers? You stick Azuka in there. We're not even there yet. Oh, what which match? Sorry, I kind of. What match were you talking about? Finley Liger. Ma- oh, that Tiger ma- Mask and Taguchi. Sorry, I thought you were on to the next match already. <laughs> I am. Dude, there's a whole other match in between. Oh that. yeah. <laughs> Where are you? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so Finley Liger, Matt Tiger Mask, Taguchi, uh, taking on Jay White. You know, Show Yo and Rocky Romero, and I was just saying like. You know, with with basically the level of talent that should have been there, you would think you'd get at least like a three star match, and I, I didn't even think it lived up to that expectation, really. Right. So I mean, n- nothing much to say there. You know, uh, Finley and his team got the win, um, which brings us to the tag match between Ishii and Toriyano, taking on Togi Makabe and Toa Hanari. Now this was pretty good. Yeah, I mean, Ishii and Hanari picked up where they left off the other night. Uh, with their great um, exchange, exchanges and just kind of keeping that rivalry going. Their their interactions, like I've said time and time again, is one of the highlights and one of the best things on the entire uh, night. Uh, there was one spot that was, for some reason, very memorable when they, they made it look like they were going to do the double clothesline spot. But then, like, Ishii just ran through Hinari yeah. and, and hit him with a clothesline that was so hard it made him flip. <laughs> yeah. So that was awesome. But, yeah, uh, Ishii ends up picking up the win here. And that brought us to the, uh, I think, the eight-man tag that you were starting to talk about. So it was uh, Kenny, Kota Ibushi, Yujiro Takahashi, and Chase Owens taking on uh, the team of Suzuki-Goon, which was, who was in that match? It was Zack Sabre Jr. Yeah, Zack Sabre Jr., Iska Taichi and Takamichi Noku. And dude, I don't know I don't know what was going on here. Yeah, and the reason why I jumped to this match, you were talking about, you know, a match that had a lot of talent that wasn't really good. So for for some reason I would just immediately in my mind like jumped to this match. Cause you have Omega, Abushi, Takahashi Yujiro Takahashi's alright. Chase Owens is good. Whoa, 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 whoa. Don't say Chase Owens is good. Chase Owens is like He's the crown jewel of the Bullet Club, bro. I mean, Chase, I love Chase Owens, but Chase he's, Owens is arguably like one of the top two guys in this entire like. He, he's not on Omega and Abushi's level. Yeah, he is. Okay. <laughs> Yo, let, let that guy work at Tokyo Dome, and I bet you'll be surprised. I bet you, I bet you can get a five star match out of out of Chase Owens. He's great. And then the only really uh, redeeming thing on Suzuki Goon, you had Saber. And then, you know, Taka's all right. Taka, but, Taka's great when he wants to be. Right. But, yeah, this was... Who was a, it? It was, it was Taka Michinoku, Izuka... Taichi. Uh, Taichi's been better. Yeah. It's just, like, it's the style of match wasn't good. There was no reason to have this match. Like, another thing. Why the crap are Yujiro and Chase Owens coming out to the Golden Lovers theme? And why are the Golden Lovers teaming with the Bullet Club? Like, I'm just so because because Kenny is still technically the leader of the Bullet Club. Dude, he, he's not. You know how I know he's not? That freaking hair. Oh my <laughs> god. Now, like Kenny, Kenny's been notorious for having bad hair over the years, and like that's kind of his thing. And um, our good friend James Boyd says that he's like the modern day DDP. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this was the worst hair I think I've ever seen Kenny have. Like in the last, or at least like in the last three or. Four years, like I don't know what he's doing. I guess he's trying to embrace this like whole golden lover. The golden lover yeah. is like he's a super face thing, but uh, I don't know. Like the golden lovers thing's been cool, but like we haven't. They've been so tied up with everything else. Plus, like they've been very inactive on the cards. 
like we're not seeing the, the Golden Lovers wrestle like every like every night or yeah, anything like that. Yeah, Omega and Ibushi have been very um, absent on a lot of these tours. Which it's not like it's not like Kenny's like uh, on every card or anything like that. It's been I mean for a while now he hasn't been on every tour. But I mean, you want to get this whole Golden Lovers thing over, and it's like they're not—they're supposed to be a tag team and quote unquote in the tag team division. They're not—they've had what two tag team matches since they've been back? Yeah, at well, least in New Japan. Yeah, 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 yeah. They wrestled Cody and Marty Skrull, and then the Young Bucks. Yeah, uh, I think they wrestled Cody and I'm sorry, they was, wrestled Cody and uh, and Hangman as well. Yeah. So they've had three matches all against uh, Bullet Club members. And that's it. And I don't know. Like, t- to me, like, I don't know. Kenny's not the leader of the Bullet Club anymore. Like, maybe he is, but, like, I don't know. Like, he lost to Cody. Like, he's, he's hanging out. He's got he's got Kota Ibushi. Like, he's, he's not repping Bullet Club. I don't get it. I don't get it. Like, <laughs> I just, I don't get it, you know? And this match, I really did not get this match. Yeah, man. This was, like... This was all, never, it never got going. It was yeah. all over the place. I mean, the same Suzuki Goon crap that we complain about. Suzuka, dude, dude like I'm waiting. I'll be. I'll do a freaking backflip when that man retires. And then they made Chase Owens take the freaking. They made him job to Zack Saber. So yeah, this match was like almost a dud for me. Like yeah. I don't care. And I, I'm kind of disappointed because I was like, oh great, you know, Kenny and Coda. It's a big show. Nope. 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 Like, Kenny might as well just worn his pink tights that he used to wear, like, the multicolored tights. Like, <laughs> yeah. Because he didn't even come to work. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but they were they were teasing something with Sabre and Omega, it looked like. So, maybe... I one... don't even know if that match would be good. Hopefully it would be, but I don't even know, bro. I don't know. That's a weird style matchup to me. I know, like, Kenny can get a great match out of anybody, but I don't know about that one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that brings us to uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Juice Robinson, Michael Elgin, and Kushida. So Tanahashi and friends taking on the team of Chaos, Okada, Goto, Will Ospreay, and Yoshihashi. This was uh, decent. Uh, Tanahashi ended up getting the pinfall on, who was it? Was it Yoshihashi? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, he, I think he hit a high five flow, and that was that. Um, yeah, it was Yoshiashi. Yep. So I mean, you know, your standard match. Uh, there was a what? There was a pull apart after the match. Yeah, Taichi laid out Goto after the match, and then uh, Did he? Uh, yeah, and then uh, what then was, what was I watching? Was <laughs> I even paying attention? Probably not. That's Taichi and Goto. Okay. <laughs> and then um, Okada and Tanahashi had a pull apart See, brawl. I remember that, and I remember it not being very good. Like. So, what, he tried to uh, tombstone him first. Right, but Tanahashi fought it off. And then everything seemed cool, and, like, uh, Okada was gone. And then all of a sudden, like, he ran all the way from back in, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and then it was really hyped for, like, a minute, but then they did not do a good job pulling them apart. Yeah. So, and then they ended up in the ring, and then it just kind of, like, it it didn't have a lot. And then uh, Ghetto was, like, holding... Okada back. I don't know. I mean, like, I've seen so many better, like, pull-aparts in, like, just 90s, like, WWF. <laughs> yeah. Remember, like, the 90s WWF pull-aparts? They were just epic. All the, like, dudes in the suits would come out. All the geeks would come out uh, and try and break it up. Yeah. So, yeah, this was, definitely wasn't that. I mean, I'm, I'm taking nothing away from the match. I'm still excited for it, but I, it didn't do much for me. Um, this this undercard just really under delivered for a big show. Like yeah, this. and speaking you know under deliver the next match we had uh, Bushi against Desperado, 
which was, I mean, it was okay. But once again, the, the overbooking of Suzuki Gun cheating really hampered what could have been um, a good match. I mean, they went 10 minutes, led to a DQ finish with um, of, uh, yeah, Katamaru coming in and jumping Bushi. Bushi was about to win. He was about to hit the MX. He came out, jumped him, and then... Um, Takahashi came out and they immediately just ran right into the next match. They were on the outside like brawling and they just rang the the bell and I'm like they weren't even in the ring together. Like, <laughs> how is this how is this legal right now? But I guess you know it's whatever. And uh, they went another like you know 11 minutes after that Takahashi and Kenamaru and neither match. I mean the Bushi and Desperado match was like it started off pretty good but you would think it would be better than it was. Right. And then the Takahashi uh, Kenamaru stuff was. It was what it was. It was fine. It was okay. Yeah. Dude, I didn't think very much was even around the three-star mark on this show, though, personally. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I was let down, like, quite a bit. I was expecting... I was like, you know, a lot of these Road 2 shows were whatever. I thought a lot of the Road 2 shows were better than this overall. Yeah, I mean... Honestly. The only thing kind of holding this card together were the last the two last matches. The last two matches, yeah. yeah. Um, other than that, there wasn't much to really, like, sink your teeth into. Um, it, it felt like just a, a road to show in a bigger arena. Yeah. And it was sold out, so... Yeah. Um, that led us to our main, you know, to our semi-main event, the IWGP Tag Team title. Um, the, our champions, Evil and Sonata of LIJ, taking on Lance Archer and Davey Boy Smith Jr., Killer Elite Squad. And uh, this match was good. This match was good. Yeah. I mean, these guys, um, when they're put against each other, uh, they put together a solid matchup. I mean, we, we've talked about this before, and we've seen that, you know, at Wrestle Kingdom. And I did not think it was as good as their Wrestle Kingdom match. It wasn't as good as the Wrestle Kingdom match, but it was still a decent match. It was, like, good. I mean, in comparison to the rest of the card, it, it delivered, but I also expected more from this match. Yeah. And, I mean... It, and we both uh, predicted Killer Elite Squad to, to lift the titles here. Yeah, it was pretty much almost the same story from the Wrestle Kingdom match. Except not as good. Not as good, but, I mean, it was the same same story like killer elite squad dominated early like they it was except they tried to tell more of a story there was like a lot of like body like part like mm-hmm. uh attacks that didn't lead anywhere and there was like a lot of like comebacks that kind of got cut off and like didn't lead anywhere there was just like it had a weird flow to it i mean taking i mean i'm not gonna sit here and say this match was like the greatest thing in the world it was it was okay i mean it was it was good for what it was i would rate it like around a little over the three star mark but um, it was very similar, like you said, to the to the Wrestle Kingdom match because it was like Lij fighting from underneath, right? And Killer Elite Squad kind of doing a really good job at like isolating each guy at different points. Um, but then it got to a point where, like, from what I remember, they hit him with. They ended up hitting. Uh, well, first they pulled out the table, right? Yeah. So yeah, they hit the they pull out the table. Um, which led to um, Killer Elite Squad hitting the Killer Bomb from the apron through the table. On Sonata, and that table barely broke, too. I am the table. <laughs> what is that even from? Uh, Botchamania. Oh, is that what it's from? Yeah, there's a thing in Botchamania where like tables don't break, and it's like the voiceover, I am the table. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so he's dead. Uh, Sonata's dead, and it's, um, you know, Archer... 
um, and um, Dayboy Smith kind of taking over the match. That's right. And Evil Evil basically ended up having to like play Survivor for a, a large portion of the match. Right. Um, so Evil fights off a killer bomb, but then KES tries to go for the magic killer. They hit it. They hit it. Yeah. They get a near fall. Then they go for the killer bomb again. Uh, Sonata comes save. back from the dead, flies in with a missile drop. This is where save. the match got good. Yeah, he locks the skull in, skull end on Archer. Uh, Smith makes a save. Um, Evil Sonata double team him for a near fall. They throw Archer out. Um, they hit a magic killer on Archer for a near fall, or magic killer on Smith for a near fall. Archer pulls out red shoes. Uh, he then grabs a chair, wedges it in the corner, but he gets cut off, and they throw Archer into the chair. Um, then Evil does his uh, baseball um, bat chair gimmick where he puts the chair on yeah. over the head and whacks the, gets another chair and whacks it. Um, then he hits Darkness Falls on uh, Dayboy Smith for a near fall. Sonata hits a plancha on Archer. Then Evil hits Everything is Evil on Dayboy Smith Jr. for the win. Evil and Sonata retain 18 minutes and 15 seconds. Um, personally, I just want to say, I, I like the Darkness Falls way better than Everything is Evil. I hate that he calls it Everything is Evil. It's like, <laughs> that's your catchphrase, bro. Like, yeah. I don't know. I just think that's a stupid name for for a move. But yeah, he hit him with the with the STO. Let's just call it that. He hits him with the STO. Yeah. Gets the one, two, three. I agree. I think the Darkness Falls is a much better move. Very similar to how like with Sammy Sammy Zayn, I always liked the uh, the Blue Thunder. Uh, better than the Hell of a Kick. Yeah, w- way better. But it was yeah. just like setup move, so it's whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, we've seen these guys wrestle a couple times now, and. Uh, like, even on the last, like, two nights when they wrestled each other in multi-man matches, a lot of the crap that we saw here, they did in the other matches. So, like, there was less, like, meaning to a lot of it. Uh, again, this wasn't a bad match. It, it just, I don't know, it didn't really click for me. And they got a lot of time. I mean, they went almost 20 minutes, and it took a long time to get to the point where I was like, okay, this is like, you know. I will say this, Evil looked really good in this match. Evil was the guy who really shined in the matchup. Yeah. I feel like out of the two, um, New Japan has a lot of confidence in Evil. I think once this tag title run is done, I wouldn't be surprised to see Evil getting another singles push later on in the end of the year. Yeah, so I mean, um, you know, we talked about at the beginning of the year when they won the uh, New Japan Cup, I said I thought these were the guys. Yeah, that you were, mean the uh, World Tag League? Yeah, what am I saying? <laughs> uh, the World Tag League. And I said I thought these were going to be the guys to kind of carry the division. And then obviously, like, Evil got injured and then everything kind of got put on halt. And it seemed like we were building towards an Ishii and Yano match. And I think we may still get that match after this. Yeah. I was thinking, though, and I think we both predicted Killer Elite Squad to get the win here. Because, I don't know, LIJ just held the titles for a while and it didn't seem like they cared. But now, with this win, I'm starting to think, okay, maybe there's some restored confidence in LIJ. And going forward, we might get that uh, Ishii and Yano match. Then there's other options, too. Like, you know, the Young Bucks are at at heavyweight now, the Golden Lovers. So, I don't know if we're going to be getting any of that in the near future. I'm hoping so. Hope so. But uh, for the time being, uh, LIJ retains, and that leads us to our main event. So the IWGP IC title match between Minoru Suzuki and Tetsuya Naito. And 
man, you know what? I feel bad. I feel like this is the most negative like show we've had in a, in a long time here on on this show. Yeah, and here here's the thing, guys. Like, if it's good, we're gonna tell you it's good. If it's not good, we're gonna tell you it's not good. And if you go back in the archives, I mean, you listen to the majority of our shows. I mean, we're we, pretty positive. We're pretty positive. We have high praise, but. Like we've mentioned, April was not the best month for New Japan. I mean, there's even like a uh, thread going on the New Japan, the New Japan Reddit. You downloaded it? I downloaded it. Yeah, because he was like, he was saying New Japan sucks since like Wrestle Kingdom. I'm like, no, it hasn't. Downvote. I mean, uh, yeah, obviously, a lot of people probably feel the same way because it was upvoted quite a bit. But I was just like, I don't know, it's been pretty good. Up, downvote. Yeah, overall, I think it's just. Still been a very good year for New Japan, but April, I will admit, April has been very rough. I mean, well, we're, we're three months in, and how many six star match or five star, six star, how many five star matches have we got? Three, yeah, like we've had tons and, and tons, there's and been tons of four, point seven five, four and a half. The New Japan Cup was awesome, the new beginning was awesome, like you know obviously, what I mean? Wrestle Kingdom, Wrestle Kingdom was awesome, like, and then I mean, at the beginning of this month, let's not forget, Secure Genesis was great, yeah. It's just really been like this road to Dontaku, and it's not like Dontaku has a, a, a track history of being like a stellar show or anything like that. You know? Right. It's like almost like, you know, like your B WWE, like, you know, Unforgiven or Yo, like. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Unforgiven's great. Don't, don't be talking I'm about I'm talking about like when you get to like 2003 and it's okay, like. No, no, no. 2003 Unforgiven. <laughs> say like Great Balls of Fire. Yeah, crap, yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, no, I'm just playing. But uh, it's, yeah, like in your house or something. Yeah, you know, beware, dog. Anyway, <laughs> um, but yeah. So sp- speaking of which, so I thought that this match with Suzuki and Naito, the mo- so I think yesterday after we watched it, I was like, "What did you think?" And I was kind of confused, and I was like, four stars." I've been thinking about it more and more and more today, and I'm down on this match, bro. Really? Yeah, I'm down on this match. There, you think it's less than four? Yeah. Wow, I, bro. I'm like, I'm between like three and a half and three and a quarter on this match. Wow. Yeah, yeah, and I, I just, you know why? Why? It was it was a weird match. The more I thought about it, it was a really weird match. I, I feel like there was a lot of Naito selling, and a lot of Naito being wrapped up in holes. Too much. Too much. Too much, and not not like in a good way. Like um. Yeah. So I mean, the build up to this match was great. The character work and the build. Like was just really really awesome, and this is the match I would say aside from um, the stuff on Dotaku, this is the match I was the most excited for and everything. And um, once we got into the match, I mean, it started off really good, uh, especially when like Naito basically was just being super dismissive of Su- Suzuki, and he ended up doing like the um, the tranquilo pose, and then Suzuki and oh up- man, I popped for uh, <laughs> Suzuki doing the tranquilo. Yeah, we definitely uh, rewinded it when, when <laughs> Suzuki hit the tranquilo. So I mean, that was hilarious. But then um, as things like went on and like it started out okay, and then they did like the Suzuki stuff on the outside and all that, and then like the match kept going, and then once we got to the point where Suzuki started putting uh, Naito and holds. That's when the match kind of fell off the railings for me. And here's the problem. Um, if you think back to like the Tanahashi match earlier in the year where like 
Yeah, Naito, I think what we criticized it a bit because we were like Naito, or I'm sorry, Suzuki held uh, Tanahashi in some submission holds maybe for too long and things like that. But this was like almost more egregious because there's a way to like do this where if you put a guy in a hold and it it's like, you know, they're really like selling and they're really like struggling and they're hurting. And then like at the last second they get to like a rope and it's like, oh my God, like they barely powered through that. Like, look how... I don't know, like, look how tough they are. Like, look at, you know, like a Mick Foley spot or something like that. Yeah. But then there's a time where it's like the guy's in the hold for so long and you're like, why isn't he getting his leg broken? Why isn't he getting his arm broken? Right. And people had the same criticisms of like a Zack Sabre match, but this was not really that because it would be one hold. For a long time. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It reminded me of like Bret Hart and like uh, Bob Backlund. <laughs> like Bob Backlund holding Bret Hart in the chicken wing for like 10 minutes straight. And I'm like, uh, is he going to pass out? Yeah, what's going to yeah. happen? And so that's, and it kept happening over and over and over again. And it kind of like killed the momentum of the match for me. I don't know. Like, what were your thoughts on that? Um, yeah, I did, I did think there was a little bit too much of, you know, too many holds. And just kind of sitting there in the holds. Um, I mean, overall, I still thought this was a really solid match. I stick to my opinion of uh, it being four stars. I mean, I still think they, they told a great story. Suzuki was just so pissed off at Naito. He just he wanted to break him. And that's why he was, you know, trying to get him in all these holds. And, I enjoyed that. And trying to stretch him. I enjoyed Suzuki, like... Losing his mind trying to like kill Naito, Naito just like brushing him off. Yeah, and also like Naito's selling of like the legs specifically, like it was like broken or dislocated, was just money. But the the pacing of it, it was just like, bro. Yeah, the pace. this match was like eighty five percent Suzuki. Yeah, and then like um, by the time like Naito started his comeback, it just kind of came. So. I will say this: the the there were parts. The thing is, is like the highs in this match were really really high, yeah. and the lows were just like kind of like right in the like right beneath middle, like pretty low. And there was more of that than the high stuff. Yeah, there wasn't enough of the high stuff for me to like really get like happy. I think that they had a good finishing sequence, but it also kind of came from out of like nowhere. nowhere. And I, I will say, even though I'm rating this four stars. I still expected more from this match. I expected this match. To I thought it was gonna be like a match of the year candidate. So did I. I thought it was gonna be like you know four and a half, four point seven five, maybe even maybe not five, but definitely maybe closer to four point seven five. And we definitely didn't get that. Um, which you know both of these guys are excellent worker, and they've had both of them have had a great matches this year. But I don't know. There was a point where like Suzuki was attacking the knee. And, like, Red Shoes kept, like, almost acting like he was going to stop it. And, like, Naito's grabbing his shirt and, like, begging him not to. Right. We've seen we've seen uh, uh, Red Shoes stop several matches this year, specifically, like, the Tanahashi-Suzuki uh, match. And then also the uh, – he stopped the match between Zack Sabre Jr. and, like, Ibushi earlier this year as well. Yeah. So we've seen that a couple times. And so they, they did a good job teasing that. Yeah, so yeah, the end of the match here, yeah. So Suzuki cuts off the Destino. He puts the knee bar in. He uh, pulls him in the center of the ring. Naito's fighting. Um, Suzuki reapplies it. Suzuki's cranking on the hold. We're really working on Naito's knee. Like you mentioned, Naito grabs red shoes. 
begging him not to stop the match, and he finally rolls the ropes. Suzuki gets pissed off. Um, he, you know, mocks and claps, mockingly claps uh, for Naito. Then he lights him up with his strikes. Those, those strikes right there, that's what bloodied uh, Suzuki. Yeah. When they, that, those were some really, really, really stiff strikes. Yeah, then uh, Suzuki gets a sleeper in. Uh, and I did not like this sleeper spot. Yeah, Naito face the mat, but he fights to his feet, he escapes. Been dead. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Suzuki smiles. Naito slaps him around. Suzuki cuts him off by kicking it at the knee. Suzuki puts the sleeper back on. Uh, Naito, Naito counters with a brain buster. Beautiful brain buster. Suzuki's busted open. Naito hits the Destino for a surprising win. Yeah, it just like I said, it came out of nowhere. It was a surprise. Destino which, like, out of nowhere. I'm not like opposed to flash finishes, but it's like 30 minutes in, and the one dude like ruled the whole match, and then all of a sudden. You hit a brain buster. You hit a couple strikes, a brain buster, and, and, a, and a Destino, and that's it. Like, I don't know. Like, it, it just it didn't do it for me. And then uh, Suzuki, like, sold. Now, Suzuki's post match, like, he sold it. Like, like he just he had an awesome, like, sell job. Yeah. The young boy's trying to help him. He's throwing the, them all off. Yeah. And then uh, I, I, I was thinking that Naito was going to throw the belt, but he, uh, he didn't. Now, Let's say this. Even though I'm down on this match, this was by far the best thing on this card. I would absolutely say it's one of the better matches of the entire month. Uh, I was somewhat... I'm not... I mean, we both predicted Naito winning, but in a way, the way it happened, I was a little bit surprised by it. Yeah. But um, it was a good match. Also, I was surprised that Naito didn't throw the belt. Yeah. (laughs) So it almost seems like LIJ has gone baby. Well, I feel like they've they've been positioned. They, they kind of have a little bit, but yeah. it, it feels like they really like are now. So, so another thing here to kind of think about. So Naito's now like the IC champion. He celebrated with the crowd, and you know now he's got the the IC title back. I think I think the thing with him and Chris Jericho is done, bro. Like nothing's really like telling me that they're leading to like a right these guys. I mean, at this point. It, it seems like nothing's gonna happen. Uh, like I said, I still, I still, <laughs> I still don't trust Chris Jericho. Uh, and here, here's the thing: like, at any point, negotiations could pick back up. Like, well, now, I, I would say a thing that might to, not be true though. Like, what if he's already locked into a contract with uh, with Vinnie Mac? Yeah, I mean, we'll see. <laughs> We'll see, Matt. <laughs> I, I'm not. I am not going to completely close the door on it just yet. I would say the chances are it's probably not happening. But I'm not gonna let myself like be completely like thrown off guard if it does happen. Mm. So um, that is our review of Hino Kuni. So yeah. that uh, concludes April, which. Uh, Believe it or not, it was harder to get through April than it was for me to get through World Tag League. Yeah, it was. It was I told you it was. A, it was a rough month. What's going on, like, bro? I was. I was like all in on World Tag League, and that was rough. Yeah. I don't know. But like you mentioned, that was the end of April, which means we have to name our match of the month and wrestler of the month. And it was pretty easy for match of the month. Well, some of the, I'll say this: some of the runners up. So the matches that I think are worth mentioning, uh, I think Ishii and Hanari. Even though it's not like the best match of the month, it's definitely like it's worth mentioning. Um, 
over this past tour, by far the best match was uh, Goto and Juice Robinson. Um, you could even throw the, uh, depending on your taste, you could throw the, the Naito and um, Suzuki. Suzuki match into there, I suppose. But the, the, the only match that really gave our match of the month any kind of real competition was the main event of Sakura Genesis, which was Okada taking on the New Japan Cup winner, Zack Sabre Jr., in what was a terrific main event, uh, very highly rated match. But if you kind of done the math you can kind of tell like what has to be the match of the month and yeah. it's going to come as no surprise yeah the iwgp junior heavyweight title match with the villain marty Skrull against will osprey from sakura genesis yeah i mean that match just excellent oh my gosh like i want to rewatch that match at some point let's do it bro tonight yeah <laughs> run it <laughs> run it so uh that match was just excellent and then um you know we we've done a review of it and everything of that nature but i mean what is how many months in a row has uh, not in a row, but I mean, so kind of looking back. So I, I think we said in December. Let's, let's let's do some math here. Okay. December, our match of the month was Yagi versus uh, it was Yagi and Narita, Narita. Yeah. From Lions Project. Mm-hmm. January, our match of the month was Chris Shit, Jericho and Omega. Yeah. February, our match of the month was. Was it? Uh, it was Will Osprey and um, yeah, uh, Osprey. Who did he face again? Uh, yeah, Osprey and Takahashi. Yep. What was that? That's from New Beginning. Yep. Okay. And then last month was March, and our match of the month was what was our match of the month in March? Man, I'm completely blanking right now. What was New Japan Cup? Um, was it? Oh, um, you know what it was? It was uh, Golden Lovers versus the Young Bucks. Bucks. Oh, yeah, from Strong Style Evolved. Yeah. Okay, so that so now we're in April. We're a quarter of the way through the year, and um, I mean five months in if you count December, and yeah, this is the second time this year that like uh, Will Osprey has been in the match of the month. The yeah. match with Hiromu, the match with him, and then he's had just banger after banger, like all all year long. Yeah. So which means so pretty much like wrestler of the month, it pretty much came down the same thing with the matches. It came down to Okada and Osprey. There's really only three guys we kind of considered. Like Ishii was one of them, just because, like we've said before, almost every match that he's been on this whole tour it's been him and Hinare and they've just had excellent like interactions plus if you're factoring outside of New Japan he did be uh, um, Zack Sabre Jr. for the Rev Pro British Championship which was awesome and he had some some excellent matches during Wrestlemania weekend mm-hmm. outside but realistically like the, the two top guys like achievement wise and everything like that were Okada and Will Ospreay on what we've already kind of like deemed as being a lackluster month and almost all month Okada and and Will Ospreay have been on the same teams so they've been on all the aside from their singles matches they've been in all the same like multi-man matches but I would say by far the the harder worker the harder working guy in those matches has been Will Ospreay right I mean Will Ospreay he he has no like go easy level like none he goes hard in every match none and um, I was listening to um, Voices of Wrestling earlier and they were talking about like the um, 
one of the progress shows from WrestleMania weekend. And that um, it I was, was at that show. It was changed to um, like a mixed tag. I was at that show, yeah. Yeah, and like they said that the reason that it was changed was to kind of give Saber a break, but he he didn't even go. He didn't. You mean Osprey? I mean, yeah. Wow. Yeah, Osprey. He, he but, didn't. I was there. Like he was like, yeah, we're gonna change it up. We're gonna have a little bit of fun. And I thought like he was gonna take it easy. No, nope, no. Nope. He wrestled just as crazy as he, like for the for the sake of his career, he might wanna. Learn that how to tone it down. He might want to like when when it's not necessary. Right. I don't want to be one of those guys that's like, oh, he's gonna end up like dynamite. But dynamite kid is a real hazardous tale for guys that wrestle that kind of like crazy, dangerous style. And the thing is, like, compared to what Will Osprey's doing now, like he's blowing you know dynamite kid out the water. Yeah, so I mean, um, but with that being said, uh, our wrestler of the month by far is Will Ospreay. And that's his second time. That's the second time. Winning wrestler of the month also, because he won it in uh, February. February with the same, yes, yeah, so he wins rest of the match of the month and wrestler of the month. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, not only has he just been like the shining star in all the multi man matches he's been in, plus he had that five, he had a five star match this, this past month with Marty Skrull, but. The guy is still going so hard outside of the company. Right. And I mean, like, I know we, we really don't count, like, outside stuff as, I like... Think, I think it weighs in. It weighs in, but it's not, like, the main thing. But WrestleMania weekend, that dude wrestled, like, three matches each almost each day. Like Yeah, he wrestled, he would, like, eight or nine matches. He'd wrestle in the opening match of one show, drive to the next show, like, wrestle in the middle of the car, drive to, like... This guy... It's, it's not only that, but he's still taking bookings outside of the company, like, on his off time as well. So, I mean, this... He's, he's like, he's a warrior, bro. Yeah. <laughs> he's a warrior. So, um, yeah, I'm, like, wondering, are we ever going to end up giving it to Okada? Uh, <laughs> maybe this... Maybe in May. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, he's... he's but, a- uh, I don't know, with, with Best of the Super Juniors coming up and, like, Will Ospreay in that tournament, it's... Yeah. Dude, Will Ospreay is... Like quietly building a resume of being like wrestler of the year right now. Yeah, and I mean the the, the year he's having, it's just been incredible. So, yeah. So I mean, uh, match of the month, Skrull and Osprey. Be sure if you did if you've missed it, high recommendation. Uh, wrestler of the month, Will Osprey. Uh, congrats, Will. Um, even though you wouldn't do it. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. I, I love Will Osprey. Uh, but yeah, so that's gonna do it for our awards. This was easier because there was not much to yeah to really like rack um, our brains about. Yeah. yeah. So does that take what? What do you want to do now? Next, the news. Yeah, we're going to news. All right. So we are here at the news, and uh, the even though the wrestling in New Japan might have been lackluster, the news has not been. There has been a lot of news, so we will go through this as quickly as possible. So um, I don't know if you saw this on Twitter. But Yano um, did a interview uh, this past week talking about how he has given his seal of approval to Nakamura's new yes, tactic. I, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, one of Nakamura, one of uh, Yano's favorite moves, the, the low, low blow. blow. Yeah, I saw someone uh, say that they they should rename that the Pinchasa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my man. gosh! Also. Um, in other news, Nakamura came out with uh with like new uh, theme music. Dude, his new theme is fire, dude! I love it. Have you seen the criticisms against it? No. Yo, Japanese people are killing that song because apparently the dude who sings the lyrics yeah. is not native, 
and like does like they can't understand him. They say like it's totally like garbage. Well, I mean, it sounds cool. Yeah, well, I don't understand it either way. So, I mean, it sounds fire to me. Yeah, it sounds fire to me. But yeah, like I was reading on Twitter and like a lot of like Japanese natives were just like basically like like ripping that song to shred. So it's kind of controversial a little bit. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> also, today it is uh, April 30th. This show will be dropping tomorrow, May 1st. If you're listening to this uh, and it's early in the morning, you still have time to get G1 special tickets and the G1 special in the USA tickets. They will be going on sale today, uh, I believe at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, or is that, or is that uh, Pacific? Pacific? I'm not 100% sure. Go online, make sure you do your research, but the G1 special and USA tickets for the uh, for the, the Cow Palace show are going on sale now, so you want to do yourself a favor. If you want to go to that show, like be by your computer, have three of your friends ready to go, and all of you guys try to get tickets because these things, I guarantee you, they're going to sell out quick. Also, uh, we've had we told you we we're gonna follow the story with uh, Katsuya Kitamura and the ongoing like news uh, concerning like his position with the company and what's going on with him. Um, there really isn't anything that's too detailed that's broken out yet, but. Kitamura did tweet a fan, uh, several fans, asking about his return. And he told them basically that to wait for his return and that he's still evolving. Hmm. Did you see that? Yes, I did see that. I thought it was very interesting. Here's the very interesting thing. So Risen MMA, which is like that's run by the same... um, the same president and the same group that had run Pride Fighting Championship in Japan back in the day, um, you know, they're they're essentially like the the predominant like uh, MMA promotion in Japan right now. He's been sharing uh, stories and sharing like clips and and stuff from them, and he never was doing that before. So there's this part of me that's starting to think like maybe he's not coming back to New Japan, but maybe he's going to MMA. Yeah, maybe. That's that's possible. Um, Dave Meltzer was saying in the Wrestling Observer that uh, regarding Kitamura, the company still has not said anything about him um, publicly, and the official word is that he is simply out of action due to a serious concussion. So we'll stay posted on that story, but I'm, a, I'm guessing like with the hush-hush nature of things, like maybe we're getting like a Brock Lesnar type situation where like... I mean, he could go to MMA. He's got a wrestling background, uh, but maybe he could be. He's also kind of older, though, so maybe he's just using this to leverage his position in the company. I don't really. No one knows what's going on there, but it is interesting um, the fact that he's never posted anything about Risen MMA ever in the past, and then all of a sudden it's it's filling his timeline. So. Um, very peculiar. Um, another thing, I don't know if did you see the uh, the videos that that New Japan just came out with showing the different title defenses of Tanahashi and Okada? I did not see that video. Oh, bro, you gotta check that out. So if you're listening, you you definitely want to go online. They have this on YouTube as well as on their uh, on uh, New Japan World's website. But um, they compiled a 
uh, like basically like I don't know what the word is, but like uh, what is it when you show like clip after clip after clip after clip? Like a compilation. Yeah, a compilation. There's that's the word. That's the word. <laughs> so they they've uh, assembled a compilation video of the eleven title uh, defenses and victories for Tanahashi, and then the eleven title victories and defenses for Okada, and they show them back to back. So you kind of get a feel for like how historic both of their reigns are yeah really 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 cool stuff so if you get a chance you definitely want to check that out um we got some more of the world's uh news so um we kind of mentioned we weren't sure where jay white goes next well on may 11th uh on during the war of the worlds tour for ring of honor jay white will be defending his u.s title um i don't remember which city that's in i think it may be chicago but he is definitely going to be defending his title on the May 11th show. In addition to that, they've also announced that there's going to be a uh, a main event of the uh, basically like the guys from Being the Elite, but essentially the Bullet Club taking on the five members of Lij. Right. It's a rematch from last year's War of the World Tour. They had the same ten um, man tag match with Lij versus Bullet Club. Which was a really good match. That was, yeah. Is it the same guys? So it's it's Cody, Hangman, uh, I'm Marty, per, I'm pretty and, sure and it's, the it's the same. And Ring of Honor has a, actually an article on their uh, homepage talking about this five-on-five match and how much both uh, stables have grown since the last time this match happened. So we got that going on right now. Also, um, May 4th, the tickets will be going on sale for the New Japan... Uh, so this is just in a few days as well. So uh, the tickets for the New Japan versus uh, XCEO, which is called When Worlds Collide, uh, that show is going to be going on sale on May 4th. Are, are we getting tickets for that? Yeah. I get paid that day. <laughs> we definitely need to get tickets for that yes. show. Yes. So you said tickets go on sale May 4th? Uh, I also read that the venue that they're whole, so if you are going to CEO, you'll be able to get tickets on May 3rd. So first come first serve to people that are already registered for that event in Daytona. And then uh, general population is going to open up at 10 a.m. Eastern time the next day. They said that the venue actually can sit close to 8,000. So I'm not too worried about them running out of uh, seats for that. Yeah. Unless they only have a certain limited amount that they're selling. Um, but Kenny Omega is the first announced uh, talent for that show there will be a lot of, that show's gonna be going on around the same time as the uh the honor is it is it the new japan uh it's the new japan uk tour yeah so they're having a uk tour as well at wow that's like right after the the one ring of honor is doing right okay so uh kenny omega is announced for that tour uh you know more talent is going to be announced shortly so we will be uh you know covering that soon also um let's talk about bone soldier <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we've been getting a lot of promo videos about uh, Bone Soldier coming back. So there's been like a lot of speculation about who this will be. The one thing that we do know, and it's confirmed, uh, at least this is what we've heard in the Wrestling Observer newsletter, is that Mitsuhiti Hirasawa, the original, you know, Captain New Japan, the, the guy who played Bone Soldier, he is completely retired, as we speculated last week. Yeah. He's totally, totally, totally done with the company. Well, um, and Dave have some, had some notes in it in this past week's Observer. He said uh, Hirasawa was let go due to a gambling um, problem he had more than a year ago. I heard he was trying to place bets on New Japan matches. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I didn't hear that. That's um, Well, that's what the that's the word on the street, yo. 
yeah. So the rumor in Japan is that it will be uh, Taichi Ishimori in the spot to be a new star in the junior heavyweight division. But at this point, it's only a rumor, but it's something that all the reporters have been talking about. Um, based on the rumors, he could be one of the three names left to be announced in the best of the super junior. Because um, usually there are two luchadors, one in each block, so there's a good chance that there'll be one more uh, CMLL rep. Well, they've announced like 13 guys or 12 guys, there's usually like 16? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, so I mean, uh, we don't know. It seems like the predominant theory is that Ishimori is going to be a uh, bone soldier, which we kind of uh, remember earlier in the year when I announced that Ishimori was like leaving. Uh, yeah, we said that he was. Noah, yeah. And you were kind of like, we don't got to cover that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And now he's coming to New Japan, just like I thought he would. Also, uh, speaking of which, you know, one guy that we know for sure is not coming over is Volador. Yeah. Yeah, so Dave Meltzer said Volador Jr. is not going to be in the uh, best of the Super Juniors. I don't know exactly why, but uh, he has been, you know, he's been a regular guy in the best Super Juniors in the years past, and I, I, he's not going to be the, the one. So hmm. uh, we'll keep you posted on that. Now, um, there is a young boy, or <laughs> there's a young lion named uh, Kenamitsu who actually uh, got injured uh, quite a while ago, almost over a year ago now. And we haven't heard from him. There are reports that he has returned to training uh, in New Zealand, that he's uh, reported to Fale's dojo. So there's also speculation that he may potentially actually be the returning bone soldier. Um, At this point, nothing substantiated. It's pretty much just a rumor. However, there was a joke on Twitter. Basically, someone reached out to uh, uh, Hikaleo, Leo Tonga, and said, um, any chance Kine- uh, Kanemitsu is actually going to be Bone Soldier? And he goes, I can't confirm anything. But the one thing I will say, I've never seen him and Bone Soldier in the same room together. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, hopefully uh, Kanemitsu comes back and, you know, we get to see him. He was actually brought up at the same time as um, Hirai Kawato, and they were kind of like each other's like main like nemesis and then he suffered a really serious injury and we haven't seen him back so hopefully uh hopefully he's able to return to training and come back and perform which would be great um also to gucci well i'm sorry yagi so we talked about yagi breaking uh the bone in his forearm Mm -hmm. um he was scheduled for the may 15th uh lionsgate project uh show on that show they've announced that he's going to be replaced by taguchi so nothing gooch yep so uh the you know what does he what does he call himself the coach yeah the coach of uh team taguchi japan so he's going to be replacing yagi on that on that show um also the may 4th dontaku show all the pre-sale tickets are completely sold out so that is right off the heels of hino kuni also selling out so two back-to-back sellouts which is good news for new japan yeah business business is looking good uh, speaking of business, New Japan Pro Wrestling is going to, uh, they've just officially signed a deal with the J1 channel in France. And as of May 5th, 2018, they will start broadcasting New Japan in, in France. France. Yeah, I saw that on Twitter. Yeah, that's an awesome deal they just picked up right there. So, I mean, you know, they've, they did a deal this past year with India. They've got the deal here in uh, America. They're doing business in Australia, the UK. Now they're on TV in France. Like, uh, like the global expansion. I mean, 
one of our fir- our first episodes talking about the U.S. expansion and now like to see like how far they've grown in the U.S. and now reaching out to all these other countries. Yep. Really trying to make New Japan a global um, entity. Um, speaking of Don Taku, uh, so the free match of the week this week is the match between Okada and Tanahashi from Invasion Attack 2012. So uh, this match is offered for free. It's on YouTube. It's also on the New Japan uh, World New Japan World uh, website uh, and app. And th- th- I be- this is the first match uh, from the returning uh, Okada after his excursion when he challenged uh, Tanahashi and upset him for the title. So. If you get it, that's from, what, 2012? I believe so, yep. So if you get a chance, you definitely want to check that out. Um, also, we got some good news and some bad news. So uh, we talked the, the last couple weeks about what happened with Showbuckle on YouTube. And um, I don't know if you noticed this, but uh, Real Neat Puro, which was another channel very similar to uh, Showbuckle, gone. Oh, really? Yeah, they got showbuckled, bro. Wow. That's like a and, that's like I, a verb now. I did see that showbuckle. He sent a tweet out saying that uh, YouTube all ended up just wiping out his whole account. Like, I know his videos were gone, but they actually, like, shut his whole account down. Yeah, so... But he said that he will be finding a new way to release his videos. So, a couple things. So, now that there's more details that broken out about it, apparently it wasn't a copyright from, like, it wasn't that New Japan was the one that did it, according to the reports but that just that the copyright infringement laws that are on YouTube basically got enacted and YouTube is actually one that just shut it down wow. and they, they, they like went after everybody with New Japan so they shut out real they shut down real neat puro real neat puro completely like is gone they're not even on Twitter anymore and they had excellent videos as well uh, real neat puro if you're listening to the show or uh, if you're listening to the show and you have some sort of connection to whoever ran real neat puro uh, give them a give them a shout out because we want to see them return there will be a return for Showbuckle. They are now on Vimeo. So, so the Vimeo app is going to have all those uh, all those videos. So if you are a listener who loves the, the Showbuckle videos, definitely give them a, a check out on uh, Vimeo. If you've never seen this guy's work and you want to you know, you see what all the fuss is about, check him out. He's on Vimeo. And if anybody knows you know, the guys that run Real Neat Puro, let them know. Like, hey, look, get your work back. <laughs> Yeah. Put it online. The world needs to see this stuff, and uh, we want we want you guys to keep doing what you do. Um, a couple other things. So uh, they have just confirmed for uh, in May. So the uh, the Rev Pro show, which is going to be headlined by uh, Tomohiro Ishii and Keith Lee, Epic Encounter, the rematch between those two guys who had a match of the year caliber match last year. Back yeah, amazing match. Um, they're they're going to be wrestling again, and it is it is now confirmed to be a title match for the Rev Pro British, uh, which is something I think you predicted. Yep, I yeah. di- I did predict it was going to be a title match. Another thing I'm predicting, Ishii is going to retain that title because I think Keith Lee's going to NXT. Yeah, man, he was he's been dropping belts, and if you look at his positioning on upcoming Evolve cards, he's in kind of like mid card prelim matches. He's not in, like, main event feuds or anything. Well, the next PWG show is called Oh, Bask in His Glory, and I, it, it basically seems like it's going to be a send-off. So I'm guessing that this Rev Pro match with Ishii is going to be the send-off for him as well. Yeah. So, you know, but at the same time, it's Ishii and uh, freaking uh, Keith, Keith Lee. Lee, so it's going to be awesome. Um, 
aside from that as well, we've got all in news. So uh, Britt Baker is all in and Jay Lethal is all in. in yes. So this card every t- every week, every week, and they said they're still not done. So yeah. they've got more people that they're going to announce. You- um, there's also um, some more all-in news with uh, Flip Gordon. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So they're doing... That's do- at the Beyond show, right? No. Uh, so they're doing this thing at WrestlePro. Uh, it's a WrestlePro show. It's called uh, Cody's Golden Ticket. Uh, Flip Gordon has one more chance to be all in. He will have a partner of his choosing against two completely random lottery selections. The winners of the tag match are all in. You think it's going to be like the to- the random selection is going to be like Cody, like Cody and someone like that? No. Uh, I don't know if it's gonna be Cody. I'm, I'm thinking it could be, or I, I'm trying to think. Is there some like tag team that's like two monster guys? Like maybe Flip picks like another like junior heavyweight, and it's like two juniors like struggling to go against like two heavyweight guys. I don't know. I don't know. But that's a that's a funny concept. So um, I doubt that that will actually be the way he gets to be. Quote, oh unquote, yeah, right. he's probably gonna lose this match. But we'll see what happens there. Um, speaking of which, so Cody just do where they talk to him about his uh you know these guys are doing press all the time but i saw this online and it was interesting they asked cody if he was ever going to go back to wwe and he essentially said no he said he's never going back because the the management style that's there he can never be managed like that ever again um he had some really good insights to his time there and then also what the future holds i think that's kind of bullcrap i assume Co- at some point cody will return to wwe but, right. uh, I mean, how many guys have said that uh, they're not coming back to WWE and then they're back? But with that being said, uh, you know, that's if you should check out, you know, go online. It's, there's articles out there, you know, Cody talking about going back to be, you know, to WWE. Very interesting. Also, Flip Gordon is full time in wrestling now. He is officially honorably discharged from the army. So the guy was balancing both worlds. He's officially done, and he is full-time in wrestling. So I, Yeah, this is going to be the remaining of this year. I think it's going to be great for Flip. I think he's going to do um, awesome and best of the Super Juniors. He's pretty much rising through the ranks of Ring of Honor right now. He's a top guy um, getting ready to work a program with Bully Ray. Um, so, yeah, great things are on the horizon for Flip Gordon. Uh, aside from that... Speaking of Cody, so some fans have been tweeting him about All In, and he broke some news this past week, basically about the ticket prices. And they haven't announced when the ticket prices, when the tickets are going to go on sale. But he, people were saying that there's rumors that uh, the tickets are already on the resale websites right now, and that they're ex- like exorbitantly high. And he said that's impossible because right now they haven't even released any of the tickets. And when they do release, he said that they're going to, they're not going to be selling them on resale websites at all. So there's not going to be the option to resell the tickets once you buy them and that they are going to be uh, priced way below market value for how the for how the layout of the show is and the absolute lowest price for a ticket is going to be $25 for all in nice so i'm guessing like this is going to be a super 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 hot ticket like once the once the the tickets are released like i'm wondering like how quickly these tickets will sell out it's gonna go we're gonna be you know eyes peeled and we gotta be on our computers <laughs> trying to get these all in tickets because I'm I'm planning to be all in. I wanna be all in. 
<laughs> so uh, last couple things here. So Jay White has a new shirt that has come out. Um, the new shirt that he has is a knife pervert shirt. Have you seen that? Yes, I have. Uh, pretty much a playoff. You know, a lot of guys on uh, Reddit and Twitter have been calling him the knife pervert. You know where it comes from? No. Uh, it comes from uh, uh, Dustin, Chucky e. T. Oh, yeah? Or maybe it was Greg. Or maybe it was, uh, uh, I don't remember. Trent Beretta. It might have been Trent Beretta. It was one or the other. One of them. And then called him the knife pervert. Yeah. So I guess that's kind of like where it came from. Um, or I could be wrong. If I'm wrong, you know, guys, correct me or whatever. I, I, I'm not that big on Twitter. But uh, yeah, so this guy's really like kind of like leaning into his gimmick. <laughs> yeah. I mean, might as well, right? People are like calling you that, you know, sell some gimmicks off of it. So his new shirt is on sale also. Uh... What's the deal the deal with um oh yeah 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 so basically this was hilarious so Jay White um was talking to I believe it was Trent Beretta because Trent Beretta was talking about like I see like you're monetizing like like the gimmick that I came up with yeah and then Jay White was like no speak English (laughs) (laughs) so that was pretty funny uh, and the last bit of news here. So we've got some Bullet Club news. So Kota Bushi was basically uh, about five days ago. He tweeted about what's going on with the Bullet Club and all the drama and everything like that. And, uh, you know, they were kind of asking him, you know, what what he this was like from a, a Tokyo sports like interview. And he basically said that he doesn't know why the Bullet Club uh, members have to even fight each other. And basically, he just wants it to end, and it's not interesting to him at all. (laughs) And he doesn't want to be caught up in it anymore at all. And uh, completely agree with you, Bushi. I I, I do think that it's compelling storytelling, but uh, to a certain degree, I'm also like, man... I really, 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 really want them to just stop, like, with the storyline to a certain degree. With, with the how many guys that are, like, taking a backseat to what's going on and the pace it's moving at, unless, like, they do something compelling, like, fairly shortly, I'm like, let's just end this. Because Kotobushi is too good a talent to just be, like, the second fiddle guy right. in the middle of a story that has nothing to do with him. I mean, he's a potential, you know, heavyweight champion. I think so. Yeah. Uh, but he does have matches coming up next week. Oh, one thing we forgot to uh, touch on. So reports have come out this past week that uh, Hangman Page is injured. Yeah, he injured his groin. I'm not sure which show it was, but we were in attendance um, for Ring of Honor this past weekend in Lakeland for the Bound by Honor uh, house show. Yeah, he didn't even work that night. Um, It was supposed to be uh, Hangman Page against Punishment Martinez. Um, As Hangman was making his entrance, uh, Punishment Martinez jumped him and uh, uranagied him through the uh, table at ringside where the uh, bellkeeper was at and there was no match. So um, we know that um, you know, coming up later this week, he's supposed to be facing Kenny Omega. Well, that match is going to be kind of up in the air, depending on if he can get clear with this groin injury. Yeah, so we've got a match coming up on the May 4th show. He's wrestling uh, Kenny Omega, and then, well, Hangman Pages, and then the next night, there's a 10-man tag, and he's on the, the being the elite side of, of things, and uh, I heard uh, earlier today he's going to be getting checked out shortly to see like what kind of condition he is. But I'm wondering if he if he's not able to go, how that's going to throw like a monkey wrench in what they're doing. Yeah, I mean that's going to mess with that card. I'm not sure 
who else you can really put against a mega i mean you can possibly put Skrull in there but that that messes up the uh never six man tag title match yeah i'm not sure what they're gonna end up doing there and then the final thing uh so late earlier today news broke out that being the elite is coming back yeah they, they sent out a, a little like minute uh or so teaser video we should have known the way that well, they- i i knew i knew it was dude you know how much views and money they're <laughs> making off of this do you think they're really gonna like cut that gimmick out <laughs> like man i knew that it was gonna come back at some even if it wasn't being they were gonna do something maybe <laughs> maybe but uh that's all the news i got uh it's one one small note oh uh, you got news it's one yeah one small thing look uh at the, look at the shooter bro. <laughs> zach saber jr we know he talked he has a now contract with new japan and his any dates are cutting down and he has moved um back to the uk from the u.s he was living here yeah where I don't know where. Um, this, is, this is from the Wrestling Observer. Okay. So yeah, Saber he because you know he was doing a lot of U.S. dates, so I guess he figured it was a lot easier for him to live here in the U.S. He's moving back to the U.K. now. Why? <laughs> no, I'm just playing. Uh, th- that's cool, you know. So um, that's pretty much it. So there's no more news this week. Yeah. So uh, we got wrestling Dontaku coming up uh, next week on May the fourth. Well, this this week, this come this yeah, week. this coming week. Yeah, wow. this Thursday and Friday. Freaking hey, yeah. Bro. <laughs> so this coming Thursday, this coming Friday, we're gonna be bringing you guys all the latest coverage. Uh, is there anything else that's that's coming up here in the month of May? I know that we got Lionsgate Project. Yeah, on, on so May on May fifteenth, there's Lionsgate Project twelve, um, and then uh, May eighteenth kicks off Best of the Super Juniors, and you got May eighteenth, May nineteenth, May twentieth, May twenty second, May twenty fourth, oh May twenty fifth. May 26th, May 27th, May 29th, May 30th, May 31st, all best of the Super Juniors. So we will do our best to give you the most up-to-date coverage and all those best of the Super Juniors matches. Those might be some, like, we gotta catch up type uh, <laughs> type episodes. Those, those might be we, like, focus on the actual tournament matches. Oh, we're not we're not focusing on like the undercard. You're crazy, dude. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's gonna wrap it up. Like we mentioned, we'll be back next week. We'll have reviews of wrestling Don Taku. Thank you again for listening. And I just want to apologize if you hear a washer and dryer in the background. It is a washer and dryer. Uh, the young boy uh, is doing some laundry. Wait, wait, wait. Why are you apologizing for the way that I live my life? I was, you know, some some people are really picky on their sound quality. I don't care about that. I don't care about their sound quality. You know, last week someone was like, I hear someone, uh, I think they're vaping in the background. Is someone vaping? And I'm like, yeah, I vape. <laughs> and what? And what? What of it? So this week I was like, all right, I'll just drink, I guess, instead. Like, whatever. Maybe that's why I'm so, like, maybe that's why I'm so down on all the matches. I'm just like an angry, like, drunk. <laughs> No, I'm not even yeah. drunk at all. Yeah. But anyways. So. Yeah, you're not. Yeah, I've, I've seen drunk young boys. No, you haven't. I, is, I'm, I'm totally, I'm always sober. Oh, okay. <laughs> so uh, make sure you connect with us on uh, social media. Follow us on Twitter at KI Strong Style. I'm at Jeremy L. Donovan, our parent brand, Social Suplex, at Social Suplex. On Facebook, we're facebook.com forward slash Social Suplex. 
You can also find us in our exclusive group, the Wrestling Squared Circle, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Wrestling Squared Circle. A lot of great conversation happens um, in the Wrestling Squared Circle group. Uh, also, can you can find us on Reddit. I am the pro black, the pro black guy. Josh is keeping it strong style. Make sure you're checking out socialsuplex.com. You can subscribe and get all the columns and podcasts delivered directly to your email inbox. And make sure you're checking out all the other shows on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. One Nation Radio, One Nation Live, hosted by Rich Latta, doing a great job doing a one-man show. The one-man band. <laughs> and, uh, you know, James Boyce taking her uh, sabbatical right now. Um, we have the Outsider's Edge with Rance and Carl. What's up, Rance? What's up, Carl? Um, also, the Ricky and Clyde Wrestling Show from Scotland. <laughs> the challenge is out there. At some point, coming up soon, we're going to do a uh, quiz off with me, the young boy, and Rich Latta against uh, Ricky Clive and their third man that they already have nah, uh, I'm chosen. Not, I, I know how that goes. I watched Bash of the Beach 96. Like, Well, they're already, they're already joking that Rich is their third man, that, <laughs> that, that Rich is going to turn on us, and he's going to be the third man for Ricky and Clive. Oh, my God. But uh, I don't see that happening, boys. I hope you have your, your third man locked and loaded. we got to find some commonality, though, because if they're like... If they're just asking me WWE questions, I'm going to be like, I don't watch that crap. <laughs> oh, man. Who did Ricky Choshu wrestle? <laughs> uh, they're going to be like, who the fuck is Ricky Choshu? Also, um, the uh, wrestling wash of uh, Caleb Bathtub Baldwin gave us a little, little appetizer on the first episode. Um, hopefully he'll be digging in some more impact and uh, Ring of Honor coverage coming up. So yeah, make sure you subscribe to the network and get all these great shows. So until next time, goodbye and good night. Bang! Thank you for listening to Keeping It Strong Style. We'll see you next time. See you next time. See you next time.